0: Today's podcast is powered by Metro Mugs.
1: I'm just an ordinary guy. My friends are And so am I. We're just ordinary, guys.
0: Today is February 25th, 2020. The boys from the back pocket are here with Chris Lindahl
1: decky thailand how are we we're great andy ice cube uh hell of a couple couple weeks off i'd say um almost two full months but we're back in full swing with her buddy chris lindahl the man behind every single billboard in minneapolis maybe even greater suburb areas you just you just ask about the the guy's wingspan on it on any sort of billboard you know who we're talking about it's the man chris lindahl real estate guy to kick
0: off our year with Chris Lindahl is phenomenal. Last year was dominating the sandbox and who's done it better? Chris Lindahl himself. He's dominated the sandbox and now we're here just playing in the sandbox
1: with Chris. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get right behind the billboard here with Chris Lindahl. So uh, I was, um, I see you everywhere. I really do. And it was really cool to um, you know, post saying like, yeah, we're going live with Chris Lindahl today. We're going live with Chris Lindahl. The amount of people that just responded, oh, shit, like, no way, Chris <laughs> Lindahl. I think it's hilarious how many people know you, man. And I think it's a testament to what you do. And it's also, I mean, you have Be Generous uh, plastered all over you right now, which is phenomenal. But that is the feedback that I get from everybody. He's such a great guy. You got to meet him. He's so humble. He's this, he's that. So I'm so glad you're here today, man. Welcome.
2: Yeah, no, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I, uh, you know, before we went live, I, uh, you know, I told you guys that this reminded me of, of how I first got started. Um, I, I, I'm i sure the people that are watching live can see sort of like the studio, which is awesome, man. Congratulations for everything that, that all three of you are doing. Um, you know, I, I remember back when I was first starting and, and uh, DSLR cameras were just getting started um, and, and what I would, what I did is I, I took pretty much everything I had. I bought cameras, I bought tripods, and I was so scared to get started. I was so scared to be on video that I just kept buying things so that I could delay getting started, right? Like, okay, now I need this and now I need that. I remember I I had a camera and I went down on the Franklin Bridge facing uh, downtown Minneapolis when the sun was shining and I took a a shot of that because I didn't know how to edit green screen. So I'm like, I'm just going to take the shot that's going to be fixed. So I take the shot. It's perfect. I have it printed on this like backdrop, this vinyl backdrop. And and what happened was is when I, when I put it there and I shot a couple videos, there were all these wrinkles in it. So like I couldn't edit the wrinkles out cause I had no idea. So I went to, uh, I went to home Depot and I bought all these, like su- these clips and I clipped every single spot and I just pulled it super tight. And so you can't see it from the shots, but there's like clips all the way down the side <laughs> and all the way around. And I, and I bought a garment rack and in in shirts and everything. I went to Men's Warehouse and bought like five suits for one or whatever the special was then. And I sat there for eight hours a day and shot videos every single day, just day after day after day. I was absolutely awful on video. I had a, I had a, um, a printout right below the lens because I couldn't speak on camera. I had to read what I was going to say. And I'd have a space for the city name. I'd be like, are you, are you looking for, and it's blank, and you are you looking for a Minneapolis real estate agent? If so, call me, and that was it, like, I just do this, like, hundreds of times, and back then, the algorithm was, you record a YouTube video, and you put a certain title in it, it shows up number one on Google, right? Mm-hmm. And so, I was doing, like, thousands and thousands of these, and coming in here reminded me so much of those days, That and I know that you guys are way further along in your career, uh, and, and with the show, but it's still, it's that 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 hustle of, like, I'm going to continue to get better. I'm going to keep going, even though no one's listening. And I think that's the biggest insecurity that everyone has today is like, I don't have a big enough following to get started. Mm-hmm. And I watch it all the time with people like, Hey, I only have a hundred followers. I only have 500 followers. I only have a thousand like you don't you don't need that many followers to get started, you know, and and, and so I wanted to share that story before we got started because it reminds me so much of that where there's a couple of wires like hey they're getting the studio going and it it felt the exact same so congratulations yeah that's awesome yeah, yeah. I feel your passion yeah. man it's, it's <laughs> exhilarating
0: looking back and realizing how much it took to get your feet off and running. And then you quickly realize, hey, this this is what it is. And if it, if it, I do fall on my face, and if I do uh, mess up a time or two, that's okay. This that's all part of the journey, and that's why I'm having so much fun doing it is because I have the ability to fall on my face and keep going. So thanks for sharing that. I, re, I mean, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. So the uh, what's what's also pretty crazy is like you started your you kind of left Remax uh, in 2017, right? You left and started Chris Lindal Real
2: Estate. Yeah. So so I uh, I left the previous brokerage in May 2018. Okay.
1: Cool. So, so what was it like taking that leap
2: and really like putting yourself out there? You know, what what's what's interesting about it is um, I never have fear. I, I you know, I, I feel like if you've done enough research and you know what you're doing, like you're not there's no fear of like stepping to the other side of it. Mm-hmm. What the, the the biggest concern that I had was the amount of work for the amount of people that we had that was the biggest concern. Like, how do we rebrand? How do we do all this? How do we get our own accounting software, you know, attorneys and le- legalities and all these all, HR and all these things that are, that are programmed into you when you're with another brokerage that like are so complex, which I'm not saying they're not, um, are the things that I was most worried about. We didn't, I didn't feel like we had enough people to turn this that quickly. Mm. Um, and that was, that wasn't necessarily fear. It was just stating the obvious. Like we were small and lean Um, but we came together and we, we decided to leave and, and we were out in less than a week. The entire thing rebranded, ordered every, you know, from the, the billboards to the moving trucks, to the for sale signs, to everything on social media, everything was rebranded and shifted, uh, may, 2018. Um, we left on the, the Wednesday after Memorial day, um, and haven't looked back since.
0: When you say "we," who who was a part of that team right off the get-go?
2: Yeah, so 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 just so we were the Chris Lindahl team at the previous brokerage, and uh, so we had our we had our small team. Um, we had about uh, about twenty people total. Uh, now we're you know far over a hundred um, in just two years. Yeah, yes, yeah, in, yes. Just, yeah, in, in two and not even two years. Wow, Like right. a, a year and a half, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's amazing. It, it's it, it really has very little to do with me and i know we always hear that uh but truthfully like the people in my organization and be in surrounding yourself with people that are that truly are smarter than you and that are better in certain areas is the key to success is always trying to replace your duties with someone around you that that's smarter And, and that's the number one reason we are we are what we are where we are today is because of the amazing human beings that we have and and also you know the early days in in some of our you know, some of those people sticking with us in the rocky times and the ups and downs that have had that commitment the entire time. And then also on top of that, not only them, but their families supporting them through the ups and downs. Right. I mean, it's not, it's not just them. Like there's like, all of a sudden there's kids involved, spouses involves, you know, friends, family, parents, aunts, uncles, all of these other people that played a critical part in where we are today because when you look at your company, the, the the biggest the biggest thing that is so hard to touch are the people that are supporting you that you don't know are supporting you. That's the hardest yeah. thing, right? Like mm-hmm. when you had mentioned when we started the show, like all of the people that reached out to you, like wow, Chris is coming on the show. Like I'm willing to bet, like I don't know a lot of those people, oh, right? Yeah. And so it's hard to it's hard to get in touch with people that you don't know
1: well here's someone you it's, might you may know in a couple months someone on twitter dm me today and was like hey uh my my mom just got into real estate and got this scholarship through your uh company and she's going to be working for chris Lindahl in two months i was like well that's pretty awesome like, yeah so that's someone yeah. you will meet right for, and course, that's like yeah. that's just an example of like the impact that you have but not necessarily being able to like feel that impact totally i kind of want to take a little bit of a step back because we're, you know, we're coming in 2020 and you've, you're, you're plastered all over this city and, you know, we'll get to that in a little bit, but I really want to start at the grassroots. I want to start uh, where, where it was in the very beginning. So I kind of want to take, go back to uh, your high school days, yeah. more specifically freshman, sophomore year. Yeah. Um, And you're in the tragic event. I'll let you tell kind of the story and in, in behind that, and then kind of going from there to you know your path into college figuring out what the heck you wanted to do and and, and catapulting from there. Yeah,
2: so 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 ironic that you bring that up. So the, the this morning I was at uh Lifetime working out, it was about 5:30 in the morning and You're I, a 5:30 grinder too? Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so, are so, we? So, so yeah. So I'm walking I'm I'm walking through and this guy says Chris Lindahl. and I turn around and he looks so familiar. And I'm like I played basketball. I I, I just I, I was like I I think I played basketball with him. He's like, you don't remember, do you? I? Was like, yeah, yeah, I played basketball. He's like, no, I coached you in ninth grade. Like this was this morning. He's like, no, I coached you in ninth grade. He's like, man, were you arrogant and cocky? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he was being sort of funny, but like, I, I I was a little aggressive. Like, I was so competitive. Like, I had to win at all costs. Um, you know, and and it was just so crazy how like life comes full circle, like almost every day, right? So so now. We're 30 minutes into this conversation. He is, um, he is on the board, and he's a teacher uh, at a charter school in Minneapolis um, with some kids that have some challenges at home and some challenges in their community. Um, and so he asked me a question. So he asked me a question if I, if, if I knew someone that wanted to come in and speak to the kids. And I said, I'd love to come with, but I also want to bring someone within my company. Uh, his name's Joe and And so right after I left that locker room, Video. Michael, Joe. Video just saying, Hey, ran into Michael this morning. He made a big impact in my life. I want to make sure that we give back to him and to his students and the people that are there. And uh and 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 I sent that video and an hour later, Joe on video, right, sending like, Hey, what do we gotta do? I'm in, let's go. And and so that's how things like can come full circle, like that just this morning, that was ninth grade, right? So so so, so that's a story of, of sort of ninth grade. I, I had, uh, some amazing coaches along the way that really played a big, um, they, they played a significant role in my life. Uh, one was John Swanson. Um, he coached me in, in football and basketball. He was, I would say he was a bit more hardcore. Now he softened up a bit, but I think that's how we all are as we get older, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, but he was just always there for me, man. Like, I mean, I, I you know, I was, uh, I was really, I I was a really good athlete, but I was a little, my competitiveness was a little out of control. I mean, I had to win at all costs and, and, uh, he did a really good job of like sort of bringing the synergy between all of us together. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I, I started football. I still remember I started football in, in eighth grade, um, and I was on the line, and I was awful. I mean, I was so bad. I stick sticking at guard. I, was, uh, I don't even remember. I mean, I was so bad. I didn't even know what the <laughs> positions were, mm-hmm. right? But by ninth grade, like by ninth grade, I became all of a sudden. Ninth grade, I was like the tight end. I was like, just throw me the ball. Just throw me the ball. Just throw me the ball. So in one year, like, and I was like, I just need to score every touchdown. Throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. Throw me the ball. And then in tenth grade, I I still remember, um, I still remember one of my really great friends, uh, Nick Ariano, who was the quarterback. I went to Fred He was a quarterback in one of our, I think actually like our first connection ever. He was a quarterback. I was a sophomore. He threw me this deep fade route and it was the most insane catch that I had in my entire career. And he, and he threw it kind of out of bounds and I literally like turned sideways and, and like caught it with one hand, like out of bounds, almost not looking at it. And, and we still tell that story today. That was I believe the first catch that I had on varsity was like a, a fade route, like out of bounds, balancing, like barely looking. Um and so like the so the younger years were 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 really um were really uh sports focused. Mm-hmm. Like high really, competitive yes, yeah. Yes, really competitive. Um, you know, but there's also there were also a lot of signs of like entrepreneurship in the way that I thought and the way that I was growing like I I was always sort of thinking through like how do I scale things even though at that time, I didn't actually even know what scale meant, but I was always thinking like super omni present, like how did this all work together? Um, I did it in sports. I did it in school. Like I, I was always thinking that way. Um, so then, so then as I, so then I got to like the middle of my, um, the, the middle of my, my high school year. So my dad, which we didn't, we didn't have a, a close relationship. Um, at that point when I was younger, like I remember like, getting super emotional when my mom and dad separated and, and, uh, but as time went on, he had a horrible drinking problem. Um, and, and so we just sort of disconnected. Um, and, and when I say disconnected, that wasn't that we didn't talk at all. It was, it was, we just didn't spend as much time together. Um, I was the oldest and I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of carve my own path. Like I'm not going to be t- dependent on some of the adversity that I've faced. Like I'm going to turn this into a positive and, 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 and really get through and, and, you know, sports were, was sort of my outlet to do that. And I think that's where some of the frustration and competitiveness and like wanting to win so bad came from. Um, and, and then, and then, uh, you know, then he was out, he was, uh, you know, he was out drinking with, uh, his girlfriend. They, they, uh, they got into some sort of argument. Um, you know, she jumped in his work van. He stepped in in front of the work van and she ran him over and she ran him over, dragged him like a hundred yards. Um, there's a bar, um, cheshire in i don't even know if it's still there but it's right across from the v it was re- i don't think it is but it's right across from the va hospital down on 55 in hiawatha um and, and so i was um i was just coming home and you know I, I remember that that call it's like hey your dad's been in an accident didn't know to what level at that point i went to the hospital um and i had uh my great uncle um who's since passed away um who's just, who was just a great guy big influence in my life i remember going to the hospital and he's like you don't you don't want to go in there like, you don't, you don't, you don't want to go see him. Right. And so, so he, he had passed shortly after that. Uh, but I, I, I still thank Bob for that moment. Cause like, I think like my image of my dad would have been a lot different if I would have went into that room, you know? And so, so yeah, so, so he, he was like, you know, he's like, you don't, you don't want to step into there. And, and so that's, you know, and so that was, you know, so I had started gaining like a lot of success in sports um it started, you know, started making a lot of friends, started to really uh, grow there. Um, and then that, that tragedy happened. And it's, it's so interesting because like, to me, like, it doesn't feel like tragedy. Like to mm. me, it was like, Hey, like this happened, what are we going to do? How do we overcome it? And was this Let's
0: immediate just... type of emotions?
2: No, I mean, with, with, within weeks, that, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Like, it's just like, you know, we, we, we have to do the best we can. We have to grow. We have to like, get through this. Um, and, and I can tell you that, that, that moment, um, has shown up in my life so many times, every time that I've been faced with back against the wall adversity, whether it's personally, professionally, um, I always power through it because that's how I respond. Right. It's, I truly believe it's impossible for anyone to, uh, to mentally shake me at this point. Like, like I, I literally like, no matter what happens, like we can get through it no matter what it is. Um, I thrive for pressure. I thrive for like when it's all on the line, like I live for that, you know, and, and that was a, that was like the most extreme scenario of like what that could look like for people. Um, you know, and, and I was actually talking to, uh, my former coach this morning and I said, you know, you, you just don't know how people are going to respond to adversity and tragedy. Some go curl up in a ball and they can't get through it. Right. Times turn dark, depression, don't want to leave the house. Um, And then others, they thrive, it motivates them. That becomes who they are, the core of, and and you see this so often in keynote speakers and coaches, right? That becomes their story or that becomes their why or whatever it Mm is. Uh, And for, but there are so many that you never hear about or never see that can't, that can't make it through. Right. And then you you hear about depression and suicide and mental health and all those things where some people don't get through it, you know? And and so, so that's why like, you know, I'm so sympathetic because I understand what it's like to, to go through those things. And, and honestly come from, I, we didn't have any resources. Like we didn't, we didn't have any resources. I mean, I remember playing sports, like, you know what? Like we're going to have to get a, we're going to have to get a scholarship. We're going to have to get additional funds. Like we, we need help for some of these things. Like I didn't, I didn't have any extra um, we didn't have any extra money to, to do things.
0: And being the oldest of four, you, you had younger siblings looking up to you. How, how yeah. was that um, in the sense of leadership, in the sense yeah. of how you had to carry yourself?
2: It, you know, what's what, what What's interesting about it is like, it never feels like pressure to me. It feels like my obligation in this world. Like Mm. it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I have to do, I I have to do something for others. It's just the way of life for me. And I think it's like how, even when I look at, you know, there's so many different forms of leadership, you know, and, and, and the way that we lead is, I mean, it's become sort of cliche, but very servant style leadership. Um, I, I look back and, and I look at my early years of sports to, to, the, to the latter years. Like I, I, I see my transformation even in that to where we are today from when I started as an individual agent in 2009 to where we are today, like the evolution of what that looks like is, is so different. And it, you people come up to me and they're like, well, how did you do this? How did you do that? And it's like, I never, I never felt like I was doing anything. Like it didn't, mm-hmm. it didn't, you know, it, it didn't, I I relate to that in a sense where you're,
1: you are so kind of in the moment almost, and you're just kind of truly being who you are. You're not focused on that existential part. It's easy to like talk about it now where it's like, oh yeah, I picked up on like looking back now, I can see where this entrepreneur bug came in, but you weren't in that same moment as a junior or a senior in high school saying like, oh yeah, dude, I'm going to be an entrepreneur because I'm doing this or, you know, I'm, I'm being a leader because Uh, I'm I'm the oldest of four like no you're just living that out day after day kind of taking on the challenges as you were going through it and then it sounds like your confidence was soaring in certain areas would you say like you took some of that confidence from like football and your sports and athletics
2: and then transferred that into like your personal life yeah 100% like I like I think the biggest thing about confidence where it gets a little misconstrued is like confidence and cocky are two different things and and arrogance as well. Like, and I think sometimes if you're in a, in a dark place or, or you're not very secure, you feel like someone that's confident is cocky. Right. And it happens all the time. You see it on social media all the time. You get someone that's like super confident and they record a live stream or a video, or whatever it is. And then you have all these people that are like, how can that person be that confident or that happy or whatever it may be? Like, there's gotta be something wrong and they'll the trolls and naysayers and doubters will go crazy on there uh, on those things. And I, and I see it all the time. Confidence is so different than like being arrogant and being cocky. I also hear it all the time on billboards. So people think because you're on a billboard that you must be cocky. You must be arrogant. You think highly like of yourself. Yeah. If you're going to put yourself on a billboard. It, 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 it it's like, it's the way that we think as a society, no one looks at it and goes, Oh wow. Like if every single person that sees that or hears that or comes in contact with that, they come to com and they get in contact with with Chris's team or website or or me or whoever it may be. Like all of our clients benefit from all that traffic. But the people that aren't open-minded to that think that it's just a self-promotion. Like I love driving and just like counting like how many times I can see myself.
1: Right. Do you think and and on top of that like people always are tr- thinking like you're trying to sell them something too. I mean, granted you're a real estate agent, so like you are trying to give them an opportunity to buy a house and I, I get that's part of the business, but P- there is a certain sense where like people are turned off by the idea that you're in their face all the time. So going th- through that, I guess a little bit um where like you had the confidence, yes, and there and that's aside from, you know, all the all the billboards, but with the billboards like are you comfortable with yourself being up there and in the spotlight and having your name everywhere? Like, I'm assuming that's on purpose, but I'm asking why.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Uh, I'll answer the question of where it was when it started and where it is today. Awesome. When it, when I first started, I wasn't comfortable with it. Mm. Um, I had went from, you know, being connected to so many people and having so many friends and supporters and, and, uh, to reading the comments and the Reddit's and the Twitters and the Facebook and I was browsing this, through that by yeah. the way. If anybody's yeah.
1: listening and you want to see some like real nasty <laughs> stuff, go to the what is it Dash R Minnesota, yeah Dash they, R Minnesota. I, and someone it's told me Chris Lindell,
2: hate dude. It's <laughs> nuts. Someone told me there's like a subreddit for me now. I don't even know what that means. Congratulations but, like... <laughs> by the way. Easy E once said any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> totally, you know. And so you know, th- when it first started, I wasn't used to that. Right. Like I had I had no idea what like how to how to handle like you know all of these stories and rumors and all of these things. Um but as I started to grow, I started to realize like the problem isn't me, it's them. Like if in in my friend my friend Cesar said something that was just super awesome to me about six months ago and he and he said you spill out what you're filled with. Like you spill out what you're filled with and it's so true. Like if you're in a bad spot or you're, you, you, your life isn't the way you want to do, you spill it out on others through the comment section, through whatever it may be, like you're going to say and do those things. And, and in a positive sense, too, though, right? 100%. 100%. So when we're talking about like the things that were happening in the early days, most of that, you know, most of and most of that was negative. But we also have to remind ourselves that when we are putting ourselves out there, we're closer to it than others. And so it's a magnifying glass, right? Like the criticism that I faced in, in the grand scheme of Minnesota and Wisconsin and the population was actually very small, Mm -hmm. but to me it felt really large, right? Because it was like every day I'm reading these notifications. Yeah. It's a constant barrage of like, you know what? He, he's going to jail. He's the next Danny Hecker. He's the next Tom Petters. He's, this is all a fraud. And it was like, man, like I grew up, like I came from nothing. No one, no one financed me. I didn't, I didn't raise any capital. I didn't take out any loans, any debt. And now all of a sudden, like there's this entire like story of like, he's ripping everyone off and this is going to end. But it's what's so interesting about the whole thing is that it never went away. Right. And so, so what's happened is people have just slowly got more and more quiet because what they realized, like, Hey, this is like, this is a machine and momentum and it's not going to go away. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in the early days, like, people thought like this whole strategy was a total touch and go thing. Like, Hey, like he must've went and took out, maxed out his credit cards and he's going to try this billboard thing for a couple months and see what happens.
0: And what was kind of your response during those early days when it was super negative? What was kind of like that initial reaction? Like, how did you want to handle that? And what were those follow through steps?
2: Yeah. And, and, you know, initially, initially it was more of a like, Hey, like I want to fight back right? And and you can never win that battle ever. Like that's impossible. <laughs> Start and swinging, that, it's not gonna and that's <laughs> why you'll never see me jump in any of that stuff. They all tag me and comment and do this and do that. And every crazy thing you've heard of, like I, I always, I always try to think for the mindset, what do they want me to do? They want me to respond. So I'm going to do the opposite, you know? And so, so just to, to, to finalize the, the other side of that, where like where I am at today, like today, like I actually love a little bit of criticism because it shows me, it gives me data and it gives me clues about what people are seeing and how they're feeling. And like, if things are getting noticed, that means that it's working. And what I've learned is like the naysayers and the doubters are going to be way louder than the supporters because the supporters aren't going to jump in that rabbit hole that Mm -hmm. they know they can't win. Right. And so they don't, they don't jump in that, the, that small little pool of in, in, in the world we live in, in, in our company it's almost all originated by realtors and, and real estate agents and brokers. I mean, they all live in it, right? So they're talking in their own little echo chamber, right? It's like they're at the, it's like the copy, copy machine talk, the water cooler talk, like they're all talking to each other. And the thing is, is what they don't realize is they're robbing themselves of productivity because they're all playing defense. They're every single in every single person in the industry locally is talking about us, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and we've never talked about anyone else, and we've never been focused on anyone else. And I love seeing others in the industry succeed. And the truth is, there's so much business for so many. But once it's like the you know it's like buying the new car and then realizing the car is everywhere. It's like your reticular activator. Once you see one billboard and bus, and you can't get it out, and it becomes everywhere. Imagine being in the industry, right? And 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 then what's other what what else is super interesting from a, like a leadership standpoint? You'll have brokers and team leaders uh, in our market that will run their team and company meetings and talk about us to all of their people, right? Yeah. And so yeah. their conversations are about what Chris Lindahl real estate is doing, what Chris Lindahl is doing, what's going on here? How can he do that? How can he do this? And, and they literally lead their entire company playing defense and talking about us. They're completely distracted, right? And so the, the challenge with that is they are actually robbing a lot of their people from success, Because what happens when you get into that group thinking environment, you actually believe your leader, right? Like you're, you believe that what your leader is saying is true. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, you know, the average agent, uh, in real estate sells approximately seven homes a year, right? So if they listen to that story every Tuesday, every Thursday at every meeting, the challenge is, is they believe that what they are doing is right. And when I look at all of these agents, I'm like, you're selling seven homes, Like if you came into our model, you could sell that in a week and we'd take care of the paperwork, we'd take care of the every single part, staging, everything's done for you. Like we have like the all-inclusive real estate resort. Everything is handled for you. But because people are being fed so much of this propaganda, they're closed-minded to change. So they'd rather actually fail than succeed because they're in this environment that's stuck playing defense that they have no idea something else exists.
1: This is Decky dark chocolate mocha and this is Andy almond milk latte. And if you follow us on Instagram, you've probably seen that we have some pretty sweet back pocket branded mugs brought to you by Metro Mugs. You see, Metro Mugs creates mugs that inspire
0: conversation and we think that's pretty neat. They've partnered with the Back Pocket to help us create our own line of mugs that show off who we are and to give you our beautiful intern marketing interns the opportunity to share the back pocket with the next person you grab a cup of joe with which we really appreciate.
1: Yeah, and because we selfishly want you to have one of our mugs in your cupboard or on your desk at work so you can spread the good average word of back pocket, Metro Mugs is offering an insanely above-average discount to make that happen. Head to metromugs.com and use code pocket. that's B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T, to receive 20% off your first order. That's code pocket at metromugs.com. Sorry, guys, you just caught Decky Wimhoff in the middle of his breathing exercise. Uh, We're practicing Wimhoff breathing and training outside at Cedar Lake every Sunday. Come join us. Embrace North.
0: As good time guys, we're always looking for a rip-roaring time. And on March 18th, over at the Walker, we got a good time event with Lincoln
1: Drink. Absolutely. It's It's as simple as it sounds. It's literally linking with other creatives. Um... Movers and shakers around the Twin Cities. And then you're also having a nice beer with them. This is, and it's at one of the coolest spots in town at the Walker.
0: Meet some new people. Make some awesome friends. These guys have an awesome mindset that they are creating every single day to help others.
1: Absolutely. So get your tickets today.
2: And, and I see it so often, not even just in real estate, but so many things where you're, you're, you're so close-minded that you're not even open to a meeting, right? No, I'm good. Like someone will call like, no, no, I don't want to take that meeting. No, I'm good. I don't want that. There's, you get in that environment and there's like no curiosity. And, and one thing for me is like, I'm always trying to learn. I go into every single meeting, every single appointment, trying to figure out like, what can I learn here? Like what, what, what can I figure out? But so many people won't even take that meeting They They'd rather just play defense and all complain and do nothing. And that's so much of our society.
0: And And they, they build that momentum of that, the, the, the uh, listening to the negativity because like there's a statistic on twitter and i could be wrong like with the exact number but like 80% of the twitter activity is run by 20% of the users that's crazy right like everyone buys in so much to this cancel culture and all this negative thoughts and uh, negative action that twitter's putting out there but it's only the small portion of people and you had to, you got the uh, you got the you dealt with that firsthand and you quickly realize like hey this is really just a small minute number of people that have a loud voice for some reason, but we don't want to uh, instigate and rally them up because that's not going to do anyone good. I'm going to double down on be generous. I'm going to double down on things that are going to enlighten people and enhance people in a positive, uh, impactful way. And like slowly learning about that um, through your process, like hearing that and how you chose to do that. I'm like sitting here, Holy smokes. When we have an opportunity to do something like that, I we're using that blueprint because that is fulfilling in itself. Yeah. So you're laying an awesome leadership blueprint out to people that are putting themselves out there day to day with the opportunity for people to come and attack us, and we're like, okay, when that does happen, how are we going to respond? So yeah. I thank you for yeah. uh,
2: channeling this little be generous thing and, yeah. and amplifying it. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it, it's so interesting. I think sometimes we can we can lose our momentum with one. Uh, one negative comment or, or, or one thing where someone says something, then we want to go curl up in, in bed and never get out again because we're so hurt. Mm-hmm. And what we forget so often is the impact we're making on people to people that never tell us they're making it, we're making an impact, mm-hmm. right? Maybe just a smile, maybe that extra second, maybe whatever it may be. It's fascinating how many times in my life that like I've went just a little, just one extra step in, 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 it's made such a massive difference where people come back to you a year later and go, you have no idea. But that moment when you did this thing, I was in a really bad spot. Like I I was struggling and now it changed my entire life. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I, you know, um, like three years ago, I was at this um, super uh, aggressive, I would say super aggressive mastermind. It was super tough, super heady mental work of really trying to become a better person, a better leader. And I wrote down, like, one of the biggest struggles that I had had is I would be in a moment and I would see something and I'd want to do something, but I wouldn't do it. And whether that be, I'd be leaving the grocery store and not that I do that much anymore, but like, but a good good example of, uh, I would be leaving the grocery store and I'd see someone that was just slightly a little far away to hold the door for him. Like it was almost like a little uncomfortable to wait that extra yeah, you like
1: slow walk to the door, you know, check your They were
2: just a time. little too far away where it's like, okay, I'll just hurry up and go through and then I won't hold the door. Today like this morning, like we had uh we had several people when I was um walking into Lifetime and it w- obviously it was freezing this morning. Um but I saw him walking and they were really far away. And I just sat there and waited for them. And I've I've, I've really transformed the way that I take action from when I did then I used to, I used to go home and beat myself up about like moments where like I wanted to do something, but I just didn't take the action in the moment. And I'm like, gosh, I may never have that opportunity to have that interaction again with that person. And I totally blew it. And it's seriously one of the hardest things to execute on wherever you are. You're like, gosh, I wish I would've took that photo. I wish I would've done that video. I wish I would've done an interview. I wish I would've said something. I wish I would've gave him a compliment. I wish I would have gave him an extra tip. I wish I would have wrote a note. What there's all these things and and next thing you know, you're living this life of regret where you're like, gosh, I wish I would have and and you know, for those that are listening, you know, whether it be on social media or listening to podcasts, I think it's one of the biggest things. If you can take action in that moment with your thoughts, that's where the biggest breakthroughs are. And sometimes it gets super uncomfortable, right? Like, and that's the re I mean, for me, like it was like my defense mechanism, like, hey, I don't want to I don't wanna be vulnerable. I don't wanna put myself in the spot of embarrassing myself or acknowledging someone or, or not remembering their name or not remembering what they said or whatever it is. And, but once you break through that and you step up and you really go to people and let them know like that moment of like, Hey, like you are making a difference. You are great. I loved what you just said. Sorry. I didn't mean to listen to your conversation, but I heard what you said and I want to let you know that you're 100% on track with what you're doing. And it's like, you, you need to leave for me. Like, I want to, I want to positively impact everything and everyone that I come in contact with through through generosity. Like, so every single person, every single thing, I want to leave that better than I came into it. Right. So when I leave, like I make an impact, I want that to be better than when I entered it. I
1: love that. It's, it's such a phenomenal mindset and it's kind of, it's, it's bulletproof almost to a sense where it's like. That's, that's just who you want to be. That's like, that's the, that's the Chris that you envision yourself. You look in the mirror and you're like, okay, I I'm totally okay. And totally upfront with that person. And I think that is over anything. While I'll never have a problem with haters or never have a problem with people, um, you know, be, like probably texting me or DM and other people like, Hey man, what the hell is this kid doing? Like, he really looks like he's falling off the road, like doing these, all these different videos and whatnot. Yeah. But it's like, I, I will always be able to give myself the excuse prior to doing it that, I wouldn't, there's no other reason why I shouldn't be doing it. Yeah. I know it's a double negative, but I just wouldn't do it. You know what I'm saying? Um, do you have any exhaustion when it comes to being generous?
2: I don't, I don't because if you're truly living your life to the, to the fullest and, um, you become passionate about what you do and you have joy every single day, it doesn't feel like work. I know you hear that all the time, but I think too many people have a job. And, and, and when you have a job, like you're going to have burnout, you are going to become exhausted. Everything's going to feel chaotic, Mm -hmm. but when you truly love what you do and you're truly investing in people and you're, you know, for example, in, in, in my company and our supporters and everyone uh, that's helped us so much, like watching their breakthroughs and accomplish things that they never thought were possible is absolutely living the dream for me. Like that is, that is literally living my best life watching um, and even watching people not have to make the same mistakes that I did or go through the same struggles that I did, like, that's like the, that's the most euphoric feeling of anything for me. And everyone has, you know, w- what I said is sort of my personal mission might not be your guys, right? We're, we all have, we're all different. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I'd made early on is like, you know, I just went in Google and typed in like, Hey, core values. And I took someone else's and I grabbed a mission statement and kind of edited, it and threw it on the wall. And I was like, what. Well, And and I sort of thought that's what we we stood for. And you look at every company and you walk in there and no one even knows what any of those words are or, or could even recite what any of that is. And that's probably 99% of companies you go into would have no idea what a mission statement is or what a core value is. They'd have no clue what they are for the company. Um, And, you know, I just went on Google and grabbed someone else's, which I think a lot of people that are watching and listening probably can relate to that. But once you start to really truly define who you are, what starts to happen you start attracting like-minded people, right? And so you start, you watch it. I mean, Peyton Manning, um, Ben Utex, a really good friend of mine. He spoke at our annual uh, event and he played in the Super Bowl and the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. And he said, Peyton used to always say, it takes 11 guys to win the game. And, 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 you know, when you look at sports, it's always the best locker room that wins. It's not the best talent. Because the best talents all over the place are erratic. You know, probably look like I did in ninth grade, right? Like, it's just not great for the locker room all the time. And when I look at our company, I look at so many people that truly believe in giving back and truly believe in helping others and, and, and waiting that extra two seconds to hold the door Mm -hmm. or, or, or staying late or, or helping someone when they're super busy. Like I watch those things happen because once you start to cast that vision, listen, like my company is, it has very little to do with me. It's everyone in the company. They come in, and everyone in our, all of those amazing human beings, they take our community, and our culture to the next level. I don't. And what's interesting about it is when you have like-minded people, they also enforce the community, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if something doesn't fit or someone doesn't fit, we know, we know it. Hey, this isn't what we stand for. This is it. it, it it's a, like a sore thumb, and you've seen it in sports so often. You'll have a trouble, you'll have a trouble player where you know they'll go crazy in the locker room and maybe yell at a player, yell at a coach. And, and usually ownership ships that person out quick, mm-hmm. right? They're traded. We have examples in Minnesota and they're all over. But I mean, they, they move them fast, right? Because it, it's not good. It's not good for the community. It's not healthy. You want positivity and you want people that all share sort of that same mission. And when you have that, you can't stop it, right? And it's group thinking. And it, you can use it for positive or you can use it for negative. I mean, it's the exact same reason that you'll see um, you'll see someone – that's never been in trouble in their life in a riot throwing rocks through a window because they're in that group environment. And so you can see it from a negative side and you can also have it from a positive side. But when you look at everyone that, that comes in contact with us now, what they can't understand is they, they think it's, they think it's all this marketing, but it's not, it's actually the people like Mm. it's, it's, it's really is like, it has nothing to do with marketing. Like we have the best people in the world. We had a, this is funny. We had a, uh, another real estate broker reach out to one of our agents yesterday, left a voicemail, uh, won't name names, won't name companies, uh, left a voicemail. I was like, Hey, like, you know, I can come help you pack up your office and go move you into a nice office. Right. So like, so, so, but it's so funny that someone would think that the value proposition of their company is their office. Hmm. The Mm -hmm. office is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. The office, it's the community. It's the people like it's, it's so different. And I, I've thought about that all morning of like, wow, like they've really got it off. Like the fact that they think the office or the concrete, the plaster, the wood is the value. Even if it's aesthetically (laughs) pleasing, Mm -hmm. like, or the commission split or the dollars or whatever, that stuff doesn't matter at all. You watch so many people in so many industries where they could go somewhere else and make more money but they stay because of the community and they stay because it's like, Hey, like I love being here. My quality of life is so much better. And when you look at the way that we've designed things like time is another one that, that isn't in most people's equations. So people say, Oh, well we can make this over here or we can make this here or we can make that at your company, but no one ever talks about their time. Right? So I'll watch, I'll watch someone trying to build their business seven days a week, a thousand hours a week, networking events, posting, posting, stories every day, writing things, building a website, doing blogs, doing these things. And when you actually do the multiplier on the time that they're spending to try to build their brand, they are flat out negative. You see it all the time in, in, in home flipping. You'll have someone that will tell you they made 50 grand on, a, on, on flipping a house. And they're like, Oh, did you do any work? Like, did you like, did did what happened there? Like who managed it? Did you live there? Oh, well, we lived there for two years. Yeah. We kind of did it. I go, well, how much time do you have into it? What is your time worth? Like how much did that take you? Because this happens so often in our world. We keep comparing all of these gross numbers, right? We never talk about the net. We never do any sort of formula on what what are you actually taking home? And everyone is everyone is not paying attention right now to their time. Like their time is 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 really the most valuable thing that we have. And as you grow success and, and, and things, uh, as things start to carry on, the thing that is the hardest to protect is your time, mm-hmm. right? And so I'll give you a, a prime example of, of something that we actually just launched today. We've been working on it. We get so many, you're talking about DMs and, you know, I mean, my personal LinkedIn, Facebook, I mean, it's just hundreds awesome. and hundreds mm-hmm. and hundreds of let's grab coffee. Let's do this. I'd love to talk to you about this. I'd love to pick your brain on this. I'd like text message, whatever it is. And the thing that is terrible is like, I, I realize I no longer can help all those people like that way mm. as I once could. Right. I, I once was able to respond to every text, respond to every message. Yeah. Say yes. and it, yeah. I can't now. So what we created on Facebook is we created a Facebook group, which is Q and a with Chris Lindahl. So like just questions and answers. So we're going to go three, four, five times a week. We are going to just go live with people's questions because what I know is a lot of the questions that I'm getting on these different platforms a lot of other people have the same questions. They're just not asking them. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm going to start answering all of those questions in our QA with Chris Lindahl group is a way for me still to leverage my time, but also still make the biggest impact that I want to make on people. And, and that's where like, as you scale and grow, you still, you know, I'm still at the core wanting to be generous and give back what I've learned and do all those things the mechanisms just changed. Mm. Like I can't do it through messenger anymore. I have to do it through Facebook live with or texting a, with, too. Or, te- or texting or whatever it may be. You know, it's, it, 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 it changes. But once you are crystal clear about what you want to do, you can still do it. No matter what level you're at, you might have to just change the way it is. And the thing that, that, that is always tough is you lose some friends along the way mm. and you lose some acquaintances along the way when you tell them no to those things. But the reality is, the real selfish person, selfish person, is them asking you, right? But they won't look at it that way, right? I agree. They won't look at it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. What has it been like taking this mindset, this culture, this belief, this passion into an industry that didn't really have it? Like you brought this into uh, real estate, and how, like, what was that like? And why did you initially choose real estate? Like, why yeah. was real estate the draw to? attack it with this, this culture, because this is such a unique thing to take on in, in in real
2: estate. Yeah. Such a, such a great question. It's so interesting because real estate is such a commodity business or that's the perceived, right. Um, traditionally you hire a real estate agent when you're going to go sell your house. Um, traditionally you do no research to hire one. You, you hire a family member or a friend, Someone that you went to school with, someone you raised your kids with, whatever it may be, you you just hire someone. Like you you don't do any research at all. What's fascinating about it is it's it's the most significant investment of most people's lives and they do no research on who's gonna handle it. Significant it, in it, terms of like dollar value. Dollar or, value, or, yeah. right? So you own a three hundred, five hundred, seven hundred thousand dollar house, whatever the number is. Maybe you have two, three, four hundred thousand dollars in equity if you've been there for quite some time you know, when you think about the way that you hire a financial planner, like you do a little bit more research about handing over hundreds of thousands of dollars. But when you think about real estate, I see it so often that, oh, well, my niece or nephew or son or daughter or friend or whoever, they, they just got their license, but I'm just I'm just going to try it real quick, mm. right? I'm going to try it. They have no strategy for what it's going to look like online. They have no marketing strategy. They have no photographers, stagers, none of that stuff, right? And so when you you look at it online, you're like, this looks terrible. And, and the same thing comes with, with, you know, if they're looking to buy a home, like because of all the marketing and everything that we do, we have all of these off market properties of sellers that are in the middle of renovations or getting staging. We have all of these other addresses that we have listed that we can offer to people that are looking to buy with us. And so when I looked at the industry, when I first started, you know, typically the, the way that it works is you get your license and then total panic sets in like, okay, like, You know, I I mean, because you forget that you're actually going to actually into a career to do something Mm -hmm. when you're in the classes, when you're in the classes, it feels like you're just a student again. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, when you graduate college, it's like that same feeling like, okay, real world. Now what, you know, it's the exact same thing with, with the way that real estate worked for me is I, I got my license. I'm like, Oh my gosh, where do I start? Like, how do I get business? Where do I post it? What do I do? Do I order signs, lock boxes? I don't have any business. Don't do that. Like, where do I start? What do I advertise? Like, there's, it's, it's so hard to figure out where to start. Mm -hmm. And, but what I learned is that the process was completely backwards, like completely backwards. So I got my license for most people. When you get your real estate license, you get trained by a sales manager that typically has been in the industry for quite some time. And usually is not an, is, it was not a successful real estate agent because why else would they be a manager? Right. So, so now they opt for a sales manager, depending on the brokerage, the structure is a little bit different. They opt for a sales manager and they tell you how real estate was sold 30 years ago. There's actually very few things that have changed for the traditional real estate process, right? You look back to the early eighties, everything was MLS books. Those came out every three or four weeks. So you, they would print a book and you would go to the office and you'd, you'd rush there right when it got printed, right when your realtor got it and you'd pick out the houses and you'd go to it from a book. You know, then you've got fax machines and car phones and then cell phones and MLS started. And then you had, you know, MLS access for realtors. Then you have companies like Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, platforms like that, where you can search all of the data, which is great for the consumer, Mm -hmm. right? To be able to do all that, get all that information. When you look at the early days, the realtors kept everything. So you had to use a realtor. Today, all of that information is out there. So I'm, I'm watching this process of like, Hey, like we're going to train you how to do open houses. And on Tuesdays, we're going to have broker tours. We throw magnets on the side of the car and we're going to drive to the new listings that are in our office. And we're going to give feedback to the agent that's listing it. And that, that feedback's going to go to the homeowner. But what had happened when I, in 2009, the consumer was looking at all this information online. The realtor was no longer in charge of what the consumer wanted to see mm. that, that, that relationship flipped. So now the consumer tells the realtor what they want to see, but the consumer wants a realtor for legalities, compliance, pricing, like the one-stop shop essentially. And they, and and, and they, and they, they do it like once every seven to 10 years. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's so expensive that they know that they need an agent, but what an agent does is so different. And, and when I look at that training process of running around and broker tours, there was also the open house strategy of like, which is a complete farce. Like, the thing is is like those open houses generate opportunities for other houses. Mm. right? So potential buyers come in, it's rare that a potential buyer goes in and purchases that house. It's super rare. But the agent in that house gets to, gets to build relationship and rapport with these with these other consumers that may be looking to buy a home and, and in a lot of cases also selling one. So it becomes a lead generation technique and then the, the for sale signs in the yard become mini billboards. For many billboards for the agent, right, and so that's that's how these brokers built their business. You look at any of the top brokers in our area right now. How many of them could you say are actually marketing zero, right? Yeah. They're not, they're, there's no there's no advertising. The only advertising that they have is the for sale signs in the yard that the agents put there for them right. with the brokerage name on it. Because their value the, the brokerage value add forever was give more commission split, give more commission to the agents. Well, now all the traditional brokers have, have given all of the commission to the agents. The agents have all the commission, but the problem is most agents don't know or don't have the desire to market. They don't have the risk. They don't want to, they don't want to roll the dice every single day. And, and, and what happens then is like, you now have realtors who, who have that are, they're split is where they get most of the money, but they have no desire that know how to, to do the marketing. And so then you have the brokers who don't have the actual revenue because they gave the commissions away to do any marketing, but, and they're relying simply on the, for sale signs in the yard, they're using their clients to generate more exposure and that's their strategy. And so I said, like, what if we flip this completely around and our compensation model is a little bit different for the agents. But like I said earlier, we pay more attention to net, not gross, like, You could go to another brokerage and have a a okay gross number, but if you want to make like a lot of money and have a lot more time, then you'll want to be in our company because we take care of everything for you and we generate opportunities and everything is warmed up when people come in and it's a completely different strategy. We know what the pain points are from when I started paperwork, real estate agents don't like paperwork, follow up. They don't like follow up, right? that, That personality doesn't have those things. They love people. They love connecting to people. They love houses. They love staging. Like they they love those things. A lot of very right brain emotional type stuff. But when you look at these other brokerages, you have one agent who's wearing fifty different hats, and it's been this lie for like thirty years. This this training thing, like and and and, as you, and you watch the evolution of social media and technology, now you have an individual agent who's been in who's been in the business, you know, maybe a couple years, maybe longer, whatever it may be. But they're in charge of social media. They're in charge of digital marketing. They're in charge of photos. They're in charge of staging. They're in charge of buyers, sellers negotiating contracts. They're in charge of the phone system, the texting. All of these platforms, it's impossible. You look at any other industry and the CEO is not wearing every single hat Mm -hmm. or the administrator is not wearing every single hat. There are very few examples of the solopreneur where that is possible, but extremely unlikely. And I've watched these things over time and I knew from all along, This is not right for the consumer, like at all, like the consumer experience here, the competition for us is, is is, as a real estate company, actually at this point is no one else in the industry. It's the experience that the consumer gets elsewhere. It's the Mm -hmm. Ubers, the Amazon Primes, the Nordstrom, the, um, the Toro rental cars, Airbnb, VRBO, right? Instacart shipped with target, all of these platforms this immediate, like click a button, get a response, instant gratification. Like, I don't want all the brain damage in between there. I don't want to have to drive there. I don't want to do these things. That's the world that our consumer lives in everywhere, but real estate. Mm. And so when you look at our company today, the front end has been built on marketing and branding and those things. The ultimate win for us is actually the world-class experience that we've been building and built. Uh, That's the back end. It's the experience because You look at that traditional brokerage model and you have agents all over the place where you've given them really all of the commission, right? So they're, they're comp, they get most of the commission, but they have all the hats they do. They have all the hats and they, I can tell you right now that there is no other broker that can provide the same experience every single time because you have agents all over the place right mm-hmm. so you give them the commission they 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 they're doing their it's like the wild wild west and so if you reach out to a broker if you ever want to do an exercise reach out to a broker and see what the experience will be from three different brokers or three different agents at the same broker it will be you might not even get a call back from one of them right they might be on vacation and in you know if they're in florida or whatever trying to get away from this negative weather which i don't blame them their business stops right if they if they decide they want to go to the beach for a day they decide they want to go fishing whatever it may be any sort of activity they're not answering the calls they're not they're not working with the sellers they're not handling the offers that are coming in and and we know that like if in that first 5 minutes like if you don't respond to that call if you don't respond to the call in 5 minutes you're probably never going to hold of someone yeah. right and then we also know the different generations like to communicate differently some love social media some love texting some love video some love phone calls you know there's all these di- some love email some are some still using snail mail, mail. Yeah. snail mail right <laughs> like carrier pigeon yeah. like so there's all these different ways and so when i look at to your to, to sort of answer that like there's all these different things happening, and I'm watching like the evolution of the consumer outside of real estate and it's and it ha- the technology is so superior in other industries compared to real estate. Well, I think and that's what we've been after.
1: I think you're understanding that the consumer that's in every other industry is still a consumer that will buy a house
2: at some point. 100 percent. And
1: what I've realized is like while you're building this culture, um, on the back end and enhancing the experience, which as much as technology is going to keep growing and growing, what we're finding and what we've had like talked about on this podcast before is like that the experience and the tangible experience that you can deliver, whether you're a company brand or whatever is always going to win. Like you're like when we did our live show in November and sold, sold out a comedy room and we had all of our fans of listeners that we've never met before show up and like laughing with us for an hour and a half like yeah. that goes so far and and a lot of the times like you can't really measure that but it's important right so that's the experience side of it but then on the on the other side it's like you got to get out there and use the technology and use everything that we have right now because you can reach so much more people with the technology so like you're basically turning into like a vlog artist at this point and putting yourself everywhere to and building this brand out but there what what people i think don't necessarily are aren't making the connection is Chris Lindell on the billboard, Chris Lindell on Facebook, Chris Lindell on Instagram, you know, across all these different platforms, is preaching, saying, being himself, which is the same thing that's fueling the back end. So like if you like know Chris Lindall, and you're like getting ready to buy a house, Chris Lindell's not gonna be like selling you the house, but Carrie, the girl who's gonna show you the house that's going to be an experience that backs up exactly what you're saying. That's, Am I understanding that? Yeah,
2: yeah, you're 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 a thousand percent correct. I've never um, been a thousand percent correct. I just, hope you know just, that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that, 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 that <laughs> will this be that, usually... that. Well, it's only going to go down from here. So. Okay, <laughs> correct. We got to start high, right? So yeah, like, like a thousand we can't start percent, low. <laughs> a thousand percent is pretty much yeah. like no. That's you are as, you're, you're, as much as
1: it guarantees, but like. What we always say here is there's no guarantees in life, Chris. And I, Except I just for wanna, the except for the guaranteed offer. I just yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I want to call you on your bullshit right now. There's no way that it's a guaranteed offer. But I love like the simplicity of that billboard look. Yeah, awesome. Yeah So it, what is it's, the it's, what's the, what's the deal behind having like that as like the billboard? Because when I see it, I see like it's just simple to the point. Um Tracy Call said in the Star Tribune article they're like, yeah, they've never had to like really overthink the design of this billboard and it's making everybody play defense like you said before so it's
2: obviously working but what's kind of the story behind the billboard yeah so so guaranteed offer is exactly listening to what the consumer wants that's exactly what it is it wasn't our idea it was watching the way that we can click a button that we can get instant gratification elsewhere Mm. it's by no means the solution for everyone but it is a solution for a percentage of people that want that convenience-based way to sell their home Mm -hmm. right? And not everyone wants it, but we've had a ton of success with it um, because some people want to trade in their house the same way they trade in their car, right? This is exactly why Carvana is where it is today. And it's the exact same thing that's going to happen with real estate. By the way, this is not going to happen for every single person that's thinking about selling their home, but a percentage of people, death, divorce, relocation, like there are most of the time when someone is selling a home, it's based around a life event. And so you take that consumer, like you said, that's everywhere else, and they want to get that same level of service, that same instant gratification. That's exactly what the guaranteed offer is. Mm. I like it.
0: And it's almost like uh, Staples, uh, that was easy button. Like, how many times you walk into Staples and say that was easy? N- n- never.
1: There's- first off, like, not a lot of people are walking to Staples as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you, you haven't been to <laughs> Staples in a while? They used to. Right. You're going I, like, on Amazon now. Like, first off, I went to, like, the last Staples I went to was probably around the last time I went to, uh, like, a Kmart, to be mm-hmm. honest. All right. Well, it's I'm a good it. example. You, you, I'll, I'm I'll give you it. I
0: think of another slogan <laughs> that yeah, had yeah, yeah. the
2: kind of mantra behind it. Yeah, yeah. You, you made an interesting point there that I think we we really overlooked a little bit, and that's the... Chris Lindahl on the billboards, Chris Lindahl on social media, Chris Lindahl on all these different places. And and you give the example of one of our agents showing the home. It was there was a lot of luck associated with the way that we designed this. I I would love to take the credit and look like a genius, but I never realized what building it around a personality and a person would actually do. Uh, And quite honestly, I wouldn't even be on your podcast right now if this was XYZ real estate brokerage. I'd be just another one of the CEO real estate brokers, which you guys can't name now, right? So, so you, you, you know, that, you know, the, the other brokerages, you might know by name, but I said, name that the five CEOs of the top five real estate companies in the twin cities in Western Wisconsin. You have no idea. Right. And so, so what, what happens though, what I learned, and this is the part that I, that I did understand is that I'd always ask people like, who was your last real estate agent? Like, who was your last agent? And no one ever said the brokerage. They always said the person. Because we're human beings, we're connected to humans. We want to attribute like what we're doing to someone else, right? To people, not to not to brands. And so that's where I was like, okay, like I don't think I can get away from my name. Like I, I think people want to say that they used Chris Lindahl or they use whatever the name is. And so we, so we kept the name for that reason. I can't tell you how many people, including a lot of experts around the country, marketing consultants that said it was the worst idea ever. Like you, like, how can you build a company around a name? Everyone's going to want you like this. They, like this doesn't make sense. Like this never works. And I started looking at other companies and I'm like, well, I don't know. Morgan Stanley did it. Walt Disney did it. Ford did it. Like you went and bought a Ford truck. You weren't dealing with Henry Ford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I started looking at these examples of these other companies. Um, and I really started changing my mindset. Now, what I didn't know then is really how big of an impact social media would play. And, and really even to take that step further, how video would come into the mix to the level that did, I mean, when I first started, right, I was the DSLR camera, just recording for eight hours. Like that would, I had to have a separate computer tower just to get those uploaded onto the computer tower. That was about the internet. And then I had to from there. I had to start uploading them onto the internet. It took forever, you know? And, And so when I, when I look at like the way that everything has happened in my career i think that the the biggest thing what's the what's the best way to to describe exactly what when you when you look at any sort of industry you look at what's it? kmart kmart's a great example kmart's a great example we still can picture that red k mm-hmm. yeah. to this moment toys r us another great example who was the ceo of toys r us no, no one knows would things have looked a little bit different with Toys R Us if the CEO would have been on social media interacting? Mm. Oh, and maybe if that CEO was interacting on, here's how we build toys or here's the giveaways we have or let me show you behind the scenes. Or if maybe because of that PR and that publicity that maybe that CEO created, what if they become the exclusive uh, department of Amazon mm-hmm. back then, right? And, yeah. and they deliver all of the toys for Amazon, because of the credibility and the trust there. And I, and I think that's the exact same thing for me. Is like, because it was built around a personality, there is a different level of credibility now that what's interesting is it all works together. It's like our our nonprofit, thebegenerousproject.org. And then I look at Chris Lindahl Real Estate. And then I look at Chris Lindahl as a public figure and everything that we're doing on social media. They all work together. Mm-hmm. Me being on this podcast is going to help everything that we do. Right. Which is interesting if I, if I'm the CEO of a company and no one knows the company and no one knows me and I don't, I don't have any brand and I'm not connected on social. And I'm not talking to my people. It, it, there's a disconnect, right. right? Another great example of this is the CEO of T-Mobile, right? Mm-hmm. Like the way that he has slow cooker Sundays on social media where he is just cooking and, and he's slow roasting beef and pork and chicken and he's got his apron and on his, and his chef hat and all these things he understands his audience, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone, he goes live and everyone's watching Slow Cooker Sunday that has nothing to do with T-Mobile, right? But he gets the equity of all of them. And I think that the the interesting thing is that very few CEOs are even on social media. Mm -hmm. Because- the leadership style is so much more of that dictatorship. Like, here's my suit and tie. I'm not going to let anyone close to me. I'm only going to show power. Like, I don't want to show weakness. I don't want to show people that I don't understand social media. Mm. I actually don't even want to show people that I'm insecure on video. I can't tell you how many friends that I have that are super successful that are freaked out to even just hit the record button on their phone. Yet, and if, even you if di- they do, they sound like a robot and it's not genuine. It's like, come on, that's, dude, just be yourself. You're awesome. That, be that, you. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I watch it happen all the time. And so... I want to make sure we didn't overlook that, that like building something around a person that way is, um, is it, is the best way to do it. What's your favorite mug in the
1: house? My favorite mug is the one that's clean. That's it. you just want a clean mug. Well, if it's clean and it also has the back pocket logo on it, that's pretty dope too. Right. Right. That's ultra clean. That's the cleanest of types of your favorite mug. That's right? shiny clean. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A dirty back pocket mug would kind of suck. Um, uh, but at the same time I'd probably use it if it had a baby Yoda logo on it. Right. So a dirty baby Yoda. Coffee mug would be better than any other mug in the cupboard. That's correct. Okay, yeah, I think everybody else should also get uh our featured back pocket mug right now at MetroMugs.com. The Baby Yoda mug is twenty percent off right now. If you use code B A C K P O C K E T for twenty percent off, that's BackPocketMetroMugs.com. Hey, sorry, this is uh. This is a time for an ad break, but we don't actually have any advertisers willing to pay for this spot. So if you if you want to put have us talk and say sweet nothings about your company, send them more. You can take this spot and listen and eliminate me just filling time and space. Yeah, if you really want, you know, the back pocket guys to
0: stumble over your ad rates and you know do it as wildly average as possible,
1: you know, send us a note at the back pocket podcast, at gmail.com, something like that. It'll be like really choppy, pretty average, but I mean we're gonna be talking about your brand, so I think that might be okay. Yeah, and there's some people that are listening that want to know your
0: brand. Yeah, we just want to help you out. That's yeah. all. Decky Watts and Andy Meters have been working out at Alter Fitness for over a year, and if you want to come work out with us and have a blast
1: doing it, we'll, we're offering you a free week. Yeah, we'll get a free week for you on us. We can either work out in their new Dyna location, or we can work out in North Loop in Minneapolis. You choose the time, or no, you choose the date. We choose the time. We're 5.30 a.m. workout, guys. And if, and if you, we, I can squeeze in at 6.30. Yeah, Andrew can squeeze in at 6.30, but I'm really non negotiable at 5.30. However, I would go like all five days or seven days or whatever. There's also performance yoga on Sundays at 9 a.m. We'll be there as well. Let us know if you want to come. DM us on, on anything, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm also on LinkedIn, and then our email will be in the show notes.
2: All right. With that, we also talked about the podcast, which I was going to post this. Okay. Yeah, it goes along the exact same line of this. So I'm going to jump in real quick. Yeah, love it. Um, so you had Behind
0: the Billboard as your original name for your podcast. Yes. And then it changed to the Chris Lindahl Show. Yes. All right. You're sitting here right now looking at two wildly average guys, Andrew and Sarah and Declan Brown. And we are embodying a different. 100%. Uh, yeah. We're, we're going it about down. It the complete opposite way. Yeah. We're going after it with this back pocket. Uh, mindset, and we're and bo- we're trying to push all of our mantras and our beliefs and our passion into a separate entity, into a separate little package ordeal, and it might be a little bit different because there's two of us, and instead of like the Declan Andrew show, it's back pocket. We chose to um, choose a route that's external from us, and we find a lot of value in that, and like to challenge what you're saying of yeah. how you love pointing, you love the consistency of the message, Chris Lindahl, and Chris Lindall, the brand and Chris Lindahl himself is the same. There's no in between and there's no room for interpretation. It's so direct and and you see Walt Disney and Ford and X yeah. do all the same. Well, we have the opportunity to um, take it to that to the to the. Uh, we have the. Op- I can jump in.
1: Yeah. So like, I look at us like Nike, and I'm not saying because we're selling shoes and making bags and whatever, but Nike is like yeah Phil Knight just wrote that book in 2016 he so put that a out it's a great book shoot ama- up yeah. phenomenal book yeah. right um but we didn't really know much about Phil Knight as like the the guy in the spotlight of Nike until recently of course um but who was in the spotlight Michael Jordan was in the spotlight Kobe Bryant um, the the runner. I Tiger can't remember Woods. Tiger Woods. I mean, you can name all pro- the different a- Yeah, You can name all the different athletes. And I think what's really cool, kind of what Andrew and I are doing, it's like, yeah, back pocket is Andrew and Declan. But back pocket's also Chris Lindahl. Back pocket's also the other 200 guests that came on the show. Because we're giving our time to them to have them tell their story. We, we walk them through it. Or... We we just ask the questions because we're curious and we're just trying to navigate this whole thing for for everybody else. And what it really comes into is just kind of like this vicious cycle of of ultimately what Andrew just said is is the mindset. Like what's in your back pocket is you know when when times get tough or even when times are great, you're in your back pocket. The things that you've done in your life are in your back pocket, and that's what you have to rely on. That's the things that you got to be confident in to keep moving forward. So it's 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 a it's very similar in the mindset because it's personal, right? You're you are you, and we are us, and we're still representing this thing, and it's it's kind of fueling itself. You're just that you're Chris Lindahl's just the separate entity, right? Like Chris is the separate entity that that runs itself and has its own thing, and everybody else has that as well for themselves. It's just a lot of people don't necessarily realize that they they have that almost.
2: Of course, yeah. That you think
0: it's harder to get the relatability piece across.
1: Yeah. Do you think what we're doing is effective?
2: And like, is that, is that a model <laughs> that what works? works. That <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So there's, there's a couple things there. Like I'll start with, I started with behind the billboard cause this will all relate to exactly what you yeah, guys yeah, are yeah. saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started with behind the billboard on the podcast and had like just massive success like this, this thousands and thousands of listeners because I, I'd, I'd never put out any sort of education to this level. Sort of like the Gary V jab, jab type strategy. Right. I, I'd never put out education like that. And I started reaching out to the people in my network and interviewing business leaders and CEOs and people that were doing things that were super inspiring. The reason why I called it behind the billboard is because exactly what I said earlier, like it's not about the marketing, it's about the people. And I fundamentally believe that. And so what I wanted to show is like, Hey, this is actually behind the marketing. It's not the marketing. I want to go and interview other leaders, servant leaders that That really show you that it's like not about the front end, like the, the aesthetic, like outside front cover of the magazine where everything looks incredible. Um, and I made a fundamental mistake that I ran away from my name because I, I ran away from my name because I wasn't comfortable, like having it continue to be my name for that podcast Mm. because I didn't know. And so I was like, oh, like, gosh, I just want it to be something else. Cause over here I've got all this stuff. That's my name. Like maybe people won't watch it. Maybe they're not interested. And, and so I created the behind the billboard, but where I made the big mistake, and this is what's going to relate into what you guys are doing is no one knew what behind the billboard was and no one knew what behind the billboard was. And they also locally, they know billboards and we've had some national press on some things that we've done. Um, and so people knew billboards and and sort of associated our company and me with, with billboards, but they didn't, they didn't understand it. It was confusing. Even as simple as it sounds, even as simple as what I just explained there, sometimes you don't have the opportunity to explain what it actually means, Mm -hmm. right? And so what you just told me about the back pocket podcast, I had never heard before, right? Right. So so I I had never heard that. And so sometimes you never get the opportunity to to tell people what you are actually doing. And I mean, Donald Miller from StoryBrand tells it well, like, if you confuse, you lose, right? And so it's exactly what I did. I I confused it. And so what I realized is like... Why am I going away from the one thing that every single person, I mean, you look at all the news articles, Chris Lindahl has become a household name, all these things. I'm going from the thing that has the most brand equity and arguably probably spent the most money on a person of all time in our state. Very close. When you think about the amount of branding, the amount of investment in a person, there aren't very many people that you can think of that have invested tens of millions of dollars in a person. It's super (sighs) rare. Yeah. Even influencers or anyone, I mean, they're not spending money like that, right? So so you have this name that you have all of this brand equity in and you go try to create something else, right? And so I create this behind the billboard thing. Now, for me, the difference between what your question was about what you guys are doing and where I was at is that I had already built the Chris Lindahl brand, right. Right. whereas you didn't have something else to revert back to like that. With the back pocket podcast, which is completely different than mine. Whereas, back pocket podcast is going to work super well because that's where you're you're focusing all your branding efforts. For me, it it would it would be like if you guys change the name now to your names. Mm -hmm. It's exact same concept. Right. It's like oh now we're like starting over and we've got to. But in my case, it was inverted. It was the opposite way. Right. And so it's like, well, why would I go away from the thing that? Everyone Googles that everyone looks for in a podcast and social media that everyone sends direct messages to that everyone Googles and Yahoo's and Bing's and, and, and looks for on all these everything, right? Mm -hmm. Why would I run away from the thing that every single person knows to create something from that the ground level that no one has any idea what behind the billboard means and create a podcast. And that's what became the biggest mistake of the entire thing. And with that being said, because we have such a massive following and we have so many people that connect with us on email and text and social, it worked, but it didn't work to the level when we rebranded to Chris Lindahl show, mm-hmm. when it, when we rebranded a Chris Lindahl show, all of a sudden our, our, our listeners went through the roof because people would Google Chris Lindahl podcast, Chris Lindahl videos, Chris Lindahl, YouTube, whatever, whatever they would Google. Now, all of a sudden the right thing shows up that we've invested all of the dollars in. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was just a, a massive mistake. So to answer your question, like it's not necessarily that, it, that by design that we rebranded it so that it's a person, we rebranded it to the thing that has all the brand equity.
1: Yeah. Right. It's funny. I was listening to it today. Actually, I listened to your uh, interview with the president of the, of Minnesota wild. Yeah. Matt makeup but it like, took me forever to freaking find it. Cause I knew it was called behind the billboard. Cause I'd listened to your interview with Tracy call. And yeah. I think at that point it was called behind the billboard. Um, but then I found that there was another
2: podcast called behind the Building. They right launched now. in December. Yeah. They launched in December last year. Maybe they'll buy my yeah. domain name. Okay. Yeah. I was going <laughs> to ask, because when
1: you said you originally rebranded, I was like, oh man, I, this kind of, that doesn't make any sense for him not to buy like the trademark on it or anything. So do you own it then? I do.
2: But I, I, but I, I have no interest in using it because it's, it's right. We're, we're not going to make that mistake again. Yeah, like yeah, we're yeah, not going to, no, right. I mean, we, we, we've invested in, and in, in went this way. We're not going to, we're not going to pivot now and you know the viewers and the listeners that we have now and you know the other thing that comes with that too is companies market for trust just the exact same way that nike gets michael jordans and tiger woods and people right it's trust like third party proof so because we're using a name that is so well branded um we are able to get interviews with people that no one else would get interviews with mm-hmm. because there's this credibility we we are we no longer have to prove ourselves, right? And, and if someone looks us up on social or looks, they can see all of our content, they can listen to our content. Um, and what I found is like there's still a lot of people that are blowing away when they listen to our podcasts because they have no idea who I am as a person. They just see this image. They have no idea, you know, the things that I've done, the steps that I've taken to, to become a better interviewer. And I'm still. I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the way, you guys are great. You know, you guys Thank are amazing. You. Yeah. And it t- it's practice, right? And then and, and you put yourself in a live environment and that pressure of your brain, just like going like crazy, like trying to figure out what's next. I mean, I can't tell you how many interviews I've been a part of where it's like, where everything is just notes and no one is actively listening to what's being said. And it's just like the script of. You know, hey, okay, I'm gonna ask you this question. I'm gonna ask you this question. Mm-hmm. I have one tomorrow, and he's like, "Hey, I got here's here's the agenda," and I'm like, "I'm not following any agenda," like,
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we I want
2: agree. real and natural, right? Like they want like yeah. as if they were sitting on the in the couch or a chair next to us, right? Like having a conversation in the living room, exactly. Like it's just it's so different. You the know? first
0: 120 that we did of these was there was script to it, and yep. we slowly veered away from it, but we still kind of used it as a crutch. And then one day, Deck and I looked at each other like, "This is diminishing our product." Mm-hmm. Sending the, the sending the questions and also following the questions is diminishing the product. We are not truly curious enough, and we're not truly learning and listening enough to the person sitting across from us, and it's transformed our podcast tenfold. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know the the communication skills that you guys are developing right now will stay with you forever, and I think that's one of the most underestimated things. You know, I look back to those early days of shooting videos and, and, and being awful and terrible. And, you know, I'd shoot a video and I, it, it was so terrible. I had no expression, no anything. And I'd run out in the hallway to hope that no one else listened through the walls or through the ceiling. Cause it was so bad. And I'd run back in, I'd shoot it. I'm like, okay, no one's coming shoot it. And I would do this over and over and over again. I can tell you today that the biggest advantage that we have is my ability to be on camera, be, interview and speak. And I wasn't naturally that way. People think that today. They're like, wow, like it seems very polished. Seems like you can just do whatever. Like it, I wasn't that way. It took years and years and years. And the, and the good news for our company uh, and the supporters for us is that no other CEO in real estate is willing to do that or has. So they're so far behind. They are so far behind. They will not even be able to pull out their phone and hit record or stand in front of an audience without it, without notes or a PowerPoint, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember to the first seller work workshops that we did. So we, we do these workshops and we, we, we would teach homeowners on, on how the industries change and really empower them to make better decisions. Cause we keep watching homeowners make that decision of hiring the friend or the family member, wh- whoever it may be. And they lose like $50,000. They sold their home in one day and they think they won. But there was no marketing. There was no strategy, nothing. So they're like, oh yeah, my realtor is amazing. I sold it in one day. But they don't realize how much money they lost. And I watched this for years and years and years. And I said, I'm going to launch sellerworkshop.com series. And so I would travel around the metro and I would teach everyone all of the stuff that we've learned mm-hmm. from the from the years. And I'd also show like, here's how Apple launches an iPhone. Here's how we launch a home for sale. And I could show all these similarities in what we do. And so when when I look at where I started with seller workshops... I remember being in those ballrooms with the PowerPoint and the clicker and all this stuff and like the notes on the floor and then the presenter notes in the, in the slides for anyone that knows keynote or PowerPoint or anything. Um, and every time I just try to challenge myself a little bit more like this time I'm going to do this. This time I'm going to, I'm going to remove the, the clicker. I'm going to take the slideshow away. I'm going to do this. Take away and the then crutches. I, and I, yeah. And I started, um, and then I also started, you know, I remember, I still remember this, like Uh, Two years ago, I started uh, a series, the Behind the Billboard series, where I wanted to teach everyone in the market that was in real estate how to become a very successful agent, team leader, broker. And, and, And I had so many people that told me, like, this is the worst idea ever. Why would you train your competition on how to do this? And it was the same thing. It was like that just fundamental, like... I believe in giving back. I believe that like I've been served with a gift and I want to help as many people as I can. Everyone was skeptical. Everyone thought there was a catch, a hook, a recruiting event. And it was none of that. And there were a lot of people that didn't show up because they were closed minded. They thought like there was some angle to this whole thing or their ego was in the way they didn't want to show up to a Chris Lindahl event and learn. But what I would tell you is like from all of those speaking events I did, I went from 30 minutes to 45 minutes to an hour to an hour and a half, to two hours, to three hours with no notes, no preparation, no PowerPoints, no nothing. And so what you guys are doing with this podcast and, and, and how you're growing your communication abilities, that is like the biggest equity that you can have in yeah. yourself of anything you can do where mm-hmm. you can just show up and be a skillful interviewer or you can be interviewed. And, and I think that's the thing that is so overlooked in everything that's happening
0: how cool is it that when you challenged yourself to give back to the utmost to the utmost giving back giving every single one every single competitor that uh, your biggest asset that you ended up getting the most reward how cool is that and that's something that Declan and I realize all the time with this show when we challenge ourselves the most to give back and challenge our most to provide as much value as we can Declan and I end up having the opportunity to win 10 times more than we ended up prior to that. And like, it blows us away every single time giving back and and giving everyone everything, every single thing you have, you ultimately win more. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. You know what, how simple it is too. It's simple. (laughs) I mean, look at how simple this podcast was from where you started. Right. I mean, it didn't take much yet. Very few people are still doing it even today. Uh, and what, what I didn't realize when I launched my podcast. So we did season one and we're just about to launch season two. Um, I are just from season one. I already have one PhD in leadership, just from those interviews. Nice one PhD in leadership from all of the people that I got to meet and and being connected to these CEOs that have done amazing things in their world, personally, professionally, in their community, and it's the most underestimated thing. And when I launched the podcast, I launched it because I wanted to give back to our followers and our community and the people I wanted to show people like, Hey, I've accessed these people. I want to show you what they do and, and you can learn from it. But what I didn't realize, and this is exactly to your point was how much I was going to learn at the same time. I had oh, no yeah. idea how much I learned in the statements and the things that had happened that having a podcast is like, that's like the new form of getting a, a PhD or a master's. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Cause I mean, I go back and listen to like all every one of our podcasts and I'll show note it. And then that way we can go back and make videos and everything. And it's shared information, shared knowledge. But, I mean, being here, and I just hope, like, certain people get to certain places because I'm like, that would be so helpful for them. Or, and that's for any listener, right? Um, but we're the real winners here. We're the ones, that, like, physically listening, actively participating every single time no matter what. Like, that's why it's been, it's, it's been phenomenal. Um, and, like, even to your point, I love that you were, you know, willing to commit to the vulnerability of, like, being on camera, right? Because it's not easy,
2: and you look great on camera, man. I'll Thank say you. I you look great. It, Thank you. Uh, so with that, I need to ask you, uh, what's your wingspan? My wingspan. That's an interesting question. It's one thing that we've decided we're not publicly going to let people know. No Everyone way, I dude. Can't. <laughs> can't. Oh, my God. We can't. Like we can't. Because you can't replicate it. And if we give people too much information, they might be able to do it. Right. So can <laughs> yeah. I say
0: this, though? You were definitely a stretch four in high school. Yeah. Yeah, you were you, stretch four. Shoot a, the three. Shoot corner. the three. You had great ball handling. Really good. What position pop? do you think I played? Uh, in football and basketball, basketball, you're a four, you're a power forward point guard. Wow.
2: Damn. I, so I <laughs> point guard shooting guard. Oh, okay. I grew, I grew, I mean, I grew up traveling with some really elite teams God. where, you know, I, I, I played in, in, in Minneapolis and we traveled all over the country. I had to be really good with my ball handling mm. really good. I played against some people that had some really fast reflexes where if you weren't great, you'd get ripped every time they'd steal from me every time. Um, and so, so I mean I'm, I mean I'm six one and, and and I was always you know I was six foot six one I mean for pretty much throughout my uh, latter high school years and I I played point guard or shooting guard the entire time, Damn. but I also can but I also can go in the post as well. Um, I don't love it, I don't love it, but I but I can. Um, I was actually playing after I got done working out this morning. I took 15 minutes and and uh, shot some. I've really been focused on uh, using the glass. Just, just play. Just, just I was. Just, playing basketball, you know, I mean, I, I, I play, I used to play a lot. Uh, I've had a few injuries. I'm actually going to play again tomorrow at 5am. Um, so I'm going to, tomorrow will be my first day back in about a year of just recovering from my ankle that just continues to give me problems. Mm. Um, but the ball handling never goes away. Mm-mm. You know I mean? It, I mean, I can, I, uh, I can pick up a basketball and within a few minutes I can probably have just about the same ball handling ability that I did nice. back in high school. It doesn't go, it doesn't go away. Um, which is exactly the same thing. I, I I talked to another friend of mine today who owns a fly fishing outfitter that, uh, does fly fishing for muskies, which I got crazy about, uh, years ago. And I was talking to him, I was giving him some advice on, um, uh, actually I'll just share it. I'll just, I'll just share the exact advice I gave him. So, so his name's Brad Bowen. He owns muskie country outfitters. Uh, he just owns that space. He's done super well. And I've been watching his posts lately and he told this amazing story about this tiny house that he has, and he had this tiny house sort of before the tiny houses were a big thing. So he has this tiny house, and he, and it moves around every couple of years. He moves it to a different location. Things change. The bite changes. Different rivers. And he told this story, which was just awesome. It was very emotional. And what I told, and I called him this morning, and I said, "You're asking for, you're asking too much. Like you're everything you're telling. You're asking for." I've got this availability, book this special trip, do these things. I said, what if you created, because he has this amazing group. What if you created this thing where you went and you promoted that you're going to do a live stream and you're going to show people the secret way that you tie musky flies mm. and you're going to show them like how you actually did it and you never ask for anything. And maybe in the background, you have a couple He also, uh, owns, uh, like a lot of the bucktails and like he has a business for that too. So maybe in the background, you have these huge Tupperware containers of all the bucktails and you grab a fresh one from that brand and you show them like, Hey, I'm going to grab this, which subtly to us, like, we're like, Hey, that looks, that looks amazing. Where what is that? How do I get that? Right. And I said, you have to give more than you're taking right now because you, you, you look at your business, you look at whatever you have. You have this like business equity account, right? Like if you don't make a deposits in it, you can't take withdrawals. And I said, you're trying to take withdrawals right now from a account that doesn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And you're just asking, you're just asking and you're not giving anything. You're not giving value. I said, if you want to sell out every date and if you want to sell out every single product you have, go once a week, go live and show everyone the secret technique to tie every single fly that you can do yeah. and show them that and do that. And so that's the, the world that we live in today is so educational based. That's what people want. I mean, most people want this like sense of like DIY, right? Like I can do it on my own. But what we know is when most people step into that DIY mindset, they're like, I can't do this Mm -hmm. right. Whoa. Like this is like way too much. Like I'm way over my head. Uh, And then they realize like, Hey, I need an expert, right? It's partly why we give all of our real estate information away. And some people that are super sharp, will go do it on their own, just like the seller workshop, but very few. Very few. Most go in there and go, Wow, like I'm completely overwhelmed here. And so I gave I gave him that advice. I said, Just change it up. Grab a ten dollar lav mic on Amazon, grab a tripod, maybe a light a ring light if you want one. And literally just go live for about a half hour every week showing them exactly every single fly that you've figured out how to tie. And give that back. It's just it's it's the the principles of psychology. It's like the law of reciprocity and fair exchange. Like it's exactly why we give gifts to people and all of a sudden, like we give a gift and they're like, oh, we gotta give one back. It's why we have a surprise birthday party yeah. and like everyone <laughs> wants to wait for the reaction. We're so excited, like we're, we're throwing this party but we want them to give us the reaction. It's the same thing we do when we go on social media with the dopamine release of like, we need likes, we need hearts, we need comments, like we need someone to give back to us. We gave them this video, we gave them this. And the people that have ultimate success in business or where you put something out there where you give everything you know all the value with no expectations. And the thing is, is most people are insecure because they're scared. Like, oh, if I show them everything, then they'll go do it and then I won't have a business. Mm-hmm. And it's the biggest fear. And it's like, oh, like if I give them all that. Well, what if everyone starts doing what I'm doing? Then there's no, there's no market left for me. Right. The reality is we know like only 0.1% of people will even take action. Right. right. So this is all fits along those same lines. This is
1: what uh, we call it reciprocal, reciprocal altruism. altruism. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's actually a biological term that Andrew's boss taught us when he came on the show last year. And like bats have it. When bat when bats go out to fly at night to go suck some blood, they come back. If there's other bats that don't or that didn't suck as much blood as the next bat, it's the expectation that the, the bat who sucked a lot of blood to give it to the people who don't or to the bats that don't have it as much, with the expectation that if it ever happens to them that um it'll come they'll back. it'll come back to them. And that's how they they all stay alive it's a survival technique totally Mm -hmm. so it's pretty cool um but i do i actually i want to ask one more question about the billboard because i'm just fascinated by this what was like so obviously i'm like kind of imagining like you're going into this photo shoot of like hey i'm chris lindell like maybe have your arms crossed or whatever like how did you come up with the idea to just like spread your arms open ready for a hug
2: yeah so the uh i didn't walk in that way because that's actually not my my personality like i didn't i didn't want to be the suit and tie real estate agent. Right. I didn't want to be the buttoned up, like blend in with every single other realtor on the highway, every attorney where everything looks the same. Look at me. I'm sharp. I look like this man in black. Yeah. I want, I wanted to have a pose that was relatable to the way we live today. Right. It's no longer about wearing the suit and tie. I mean, look at the three of us here on our podcast, right? Like no one's dressed in a suit and tie. But if you look at 10 years ago and there was some sort of podcast going on about leadership and marketing, and things like that, everyone would have been dressed completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like our society has changed. Um, and, and so when you look at the way that society has changed, when you put yourself in that type of light, there's an attraction to that. Like, wow, like he's not following what everyone else did. He's doing something different. And one of the biggest factors in success in business is being different as being different right especially in a crowded flooded commodity type industry which are most industries really mm-hmm. i mean most of the things that we do today are very commoditized and, and and so when we look at that we have to look at like what makes us different right and and so that case like that became like you mentioned nike like the chris Lindahl arms out pose is like the iconic pose like that became part of like the culture in the twin cities right yeah. you want to I mean, show them the picture
0: Yes, I think it's time. Yeah, show me call, the picture. Yes, away.
2: get ready for this. But yeah, it's a keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you when you when you look at like all of that, it looks so different than anything else you see. Yeah, and that's why it gets attention. It sticks out. It's differentiator and it grows the, a mind the, of its own the, essentially. It, it does. And the rest of them are busy. They're this. They're that. They're all. You know what I mean? They're You drive by and there's 40 words. It's like word vomit. And you're like, what? Who? I don't even know what company that was. You're looking
1: at because you're like, what the hell is going on? But when I see you on like the ass end of like a a metro transit bus, I'm like that guy <laughs> there he is again yep so we right. we had one of our artists put this together for you we thought this would be kind of cool it's your pose but instead of your arms being open your 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 arms are open but they're your hands were in each one of your hands
2: <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so um where, where are we gonna put it up well we
1: have a mock you want to show them the next photo andrew yeah.
2: that's the first one right here yeah, I'm not saying the mock. Let's put it on a billboard.
1: Yeah. yeah. We did. You show them the mock the yeah, billboard. Photo? Yeah. 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 Let's do yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Where put do you want to put it? I
2: don't know. Wherever uh, you want.
1: We should put it on. Uh, what's. Oh, yeah. Should we put it at St. Thomas or should we put it like over in Minneapolis when you're driving in? Uh, what's the one? It's the one that Yam House had. It's the golden golden light. Make golden light one that they had over there. What street is that? first avenue yeah first ave it's first ave but it's not like the big ones where apple is right over first ave but as if you keep going out towards kind of uptown area let's yeah let's find one
2: yeah let's yeah we'll find one we'll put it up for a month and oh yeah 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 oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) i love it dude Mm -hmm. we'll look back to this moment when the back pocket (laughs) podcast was just like getting ramped up live (laughs) event now you're on billboards Let's give you sick, yes, you'll, you'll get to really feel the feedback that you're gonna get online. I can't wait for both of you to get that,
0: yes, <laughs> I know, right, well. You see the tagline on the top, and it says "Guaranteed Average." I don't know if I pointed that out. Clearly. No, 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 that, I, no. I read that right away. Yeah, it fits me. So, Guaranteed Average. Yes. yes. All so, right, cool. the, the Back Pocket Podcast is it's it's built on two wildly average guys right here. Why is Back Pocket relatable? Because we are ordinary average guys who have an extraordinary passion to have awesome conversations with people such as yourself. And we remind ourselves and our listeners of our average qualities constantly telling, um, uh, sharing with our listeners how we stink at something. And we're trying to get better at a little bit or how one of my biggest passions right now is digital marketing and how many times I screw up at it all the time. And I'm just constantly getting better at it and better at it. And at at the end of the day, that's my average quality. So I'd like to ask you, Chris, what is your average quality?
2: Average quality. Um, you know, there's, that's a, that's a, there's a, there's a, It's a really good question because there are a lot of different things that um, I could say. I think the the one I would say is um, my routine. Like Mm. I think when I say routine, I'm not talking about like the discipline of like going to the workout and gym in the morning. But I think because you put this brand out there and, and you have all this stuff, people think you're like living this crazy life of like high profile meetings and events and and you have like this, this, this glorified, like you're making these big deals all the time, these big decisions, like it becomes like this. I think a lot of people think I'm living a reality TV show, Mm -hmm. right? Because of the image that you put out there. But to me, like, I just feel like the kid from Fridley that went to Mankato and got a teaching degree. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm living some crazy life uh, of the, you know, that that's super fast and super famous. Like, I, I, if you ask anyone that, maybe someone that's watching now or someone that's known me forever, like I am the exact same way today that I was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm, I, the, nothing's changed. You know, when I was in my younger years of athletics, yeah, I was super competitive, but like I'm still the exact same person today and I haven't changed. And it's, that is the most important thing to me as we continue to grow and as we continue to have more success uh, for my company, uh, the human beings that have all played a critical role in where we are today and their families and everything else. The number one thing for me is to, is to stay humble, which also really fits in with like the average side of it. Like, and the servant servant leadership, like I don't, I feel no greater than anyone else in the world today. I feel like I'm equal to everyone else that maybe just had a little bit more drive than others, you know, just exactly what you had said. And, and I think that's the part that, that gets overlooked because when we judge people a certain way or we judge things a certain way when we haven't been there. Just it's like, if you haven't been on a billboard, you think it looks a certain way. Mm-hmm. You think that people act a certain way. You think they think a certain way. And I, I see it happen so often where when you, and including myself, like when, when you, when you haven't done something or haven't been somewhere, you think it looks different. Then when you get there, it looks way different than you thought it did.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. And we just got shared with, or uh, Declan shared this with me, and I'll let you explain a little bit more, but Brene Brown and Tim Ferriss were just talking about this this thing that we built back pocket on, which was the, one of the coolest aha moments. They were the two, these moguls, these uh, these absolute pinnacles beasts in their respective industries that I've been taught so many things from them. They were talking about how um, you we give too much lust to the extraordinary, and you don't give enough gr- enough gratitude to the ordinary
1: simply mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And, yeah. We, and a lot of times we almost we shame the the ordinary like when we bring up this average quality or we say we're average people are like no you're not you're not average don't ever call yourself average that's horrible marketing it's just a bad way to represent yourself and it's like no, no no it's just you're missing the point like the reason we we cherish it and we're thankful for it is because that's who we are and we want you to do the same like you have just as many average qualities as we do i don't care if you're lebron james like even LeBron, like LeBron James, is a mutant. That guy can freaking jump over houses, right? But he also his average quality is his hairline, right? Like, there's plenty of da- guys out there that have bad hairlines. I'll say it. So, like, there's a, the, there's an example. That's just an example of like someone who you would view as extraordinary because he is extraordinary to some degree. But everybody's extraordinary to some degree. And it was really cool. Like Brene even took it uh, a different way, where she was like, you know, we don't we don't we're not thankful for the ordinary moments enough. Um, she's like, and she says that you, you know, we, we miss the ordinary or we, we recognize that we wish we had the ordinary when shit hits the fan. Yeah. You wish you could just go back to work that, that one day, even though like you complain about going to work all the time, you wish you could go back to work with your boss that one day, but he's not there anymore.
2: So, so interesting. You say that there's so much regret and so many of those things. She had another quote about like not taking advice from people that haven't been in the trenches, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're not in the trenches, yeah. I'm basically not going to take advice from you, right? And so that's a lot of like, you know, you haven't been here. Uh, but there's a story that, that reminds me of exactly what you said, like if the boss isn't there. Um and it's just thing, it's like simple things that we sometimes overlook. Uh, I was at a, a big personal, uh, personal development event like seven months ago. And I was in a small group setting with, and we were answering some super tough stuff super deep, super tough stuff. Uh, and this gentleman, um, it was his turn to present. He had five minutes. Uh, and he said, you know, the thing that I complained about the most, he, he was from LA was traffic. And he was like, the, the, the traffic was so tough. I'd be in traffic for an hour and a half, two hours. And I would complain every day, all day. I was miserable. I'd wake up. I dread being in traffic. I just, it was just awful until I couldn't drive until I couldn't drive until I got sick until until I literally could not even drive a car until they revoked my license away and so I think sometimes we we overlook and complain about things that we think are just things that we that we have the privilege to until it's gone mm-hmm. and and there's so many examples of that that yeah. I mean I mean you know race I mean there's so many right gender race I mean there's there's so many things that certain people are privileged to that others aren't that are overlooked if you're sitting in that spot. And so I I just know that like when, when you have these things, sometimes you have to be on the other side to understand what it would be like, how it would feel if you were in the other side of it.
1: Absolutely. We, uh, just had dinner with, uh, this woman, Marnita Schrodel. She runs Marnita's table to nonprofit in the, in 20, she's actually gonna be next week's podcast. Um, For those listening right now, great, great hype. Yeah, Uh, yeah, awesome. (laughs) Yeah, but she, I mean, she could talk ear off about all kinds of different stuff and what her organization does, and it's phenomenal. And Andrew and I are sitting here, you know, first off, enjoying some great Korean barbecue, but at the same time, we're like, I didn't even know that this perspective existed. I didn't even know that things you're talking about existed. And I didn't even understand how it all really came together. And we're talking about, like, the food industry and how uh, poor people are purchasing food or something like that. Like, just one very specific topic. But it goes right back to your point. It's like, we don't recognize that we don't really have all the perspectives that we think we may have, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I, I just got back from Thailand. That's another one where I, like, I just got back from that trip, and we were helping people. It was a good service project, had a lot of cool adventures. But, like, out of all of those things that I remember and all the great times I had, the one thing I'm bringing back, regardless of what I do this year, is gratitude. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's so many things, and and it's a simple thing. And I know all kinds of people say the same thing coming back from, like, service trips. But it's, again, reinforcing the, the point that, like, perspective is so important to always remember that you're not really always at the yeah. at the helm of this thing you don't really know everything else that's going on, but if you're willing to accept that you don't know, it makes life a little bit easier
2: I'll, I'll share two uh privileged stories that that have that have happened close to me that have really opened my eyes like you said to things that we don't realize and this is this goes for everyone in the world like wherever you are you're in some sort of privileged situation, whatever that is. Um, so my friend Cesar, who I went to high school with become a really good friend, amazing leader, had him on my podcast. Um, we were having a conversation. So his, his entire family is from Philippines. Like, and he told me like when, when he's down South and he's driving, if there are trucks at the truck stop, he won't stop. Like he won't stop. He's like, you don't understand what it's like not to be white in those situations. Like I'll just keep driving. And And you think about like the different scenarios of that, like. Like have you ever been in a position where you haven't stopped at a truck stop because certain vehicles or certain trucks were there, right? So that's an example of uh, of sort of like privilege that, that that others aren't prone to. Here's the other one, and this one was – it was mind-blowing to me. Um, I was uh, – one thing that I always like to do when I'm traveling and I'm speaking and, and, and doing these big events is like get out and just kind of soak up the city a little bit, whether it's night, day, whenever I get in. I'll just go walk around and roam around a little bit and just check out things, talk to some people, really get a feel for what's going on, get some fresh air. And I did this video. I said, yeah, I know it's five in the morning. Like I just love like walking around, wandering around, getting a feel for the city. And I had uh, one of the agents in our company, uh, one of our, she's just super talented female said, you don't understand. Like you're a male, like you have the privilege to walk in a city, right? and, And not worry about not have that fear or worry about your safety Yeah, as a, as a young female, I can't do that same thing. Right. And, and so like, those are just two examples of like where you don't, I mean, and they're, and they're completely different examples, but that's just like the, the, the privilege that we all have in different ways. Right. Just exactly how you said, you know, the average and the extraordinary with Le- LeBron James, we all have some things that we have privilege to, and others that we might not. No matter who we are, where we're from, we are privy to something somewhere. And you know, sometimes, like for me, I never thought that walking in a in a city was a privilege, but it is.
0: And during these moments when uh, you recognize that you, you you do have kind of a certain uh, a, a gift, uh, uh, something that you should be a little bit more grat- gratified towards. Um, what do you have in your back pocket to help you remind you of? of who you are of who Chris is and helps you like just maintain even keel Chris Lindall
2: Yeah I know where I came from right mm-hmm. I remember I remember exactly like growing up in Fridley I remember exactly what that looked like I I'm still friends with all of my friends from there um I still communicate with them I still see their parents uh, I still check in all the time I had a a friend last night that's uh you know he's going through a little bit of a difficult time in his business um and he had sent me this long text and I called him and we chatted for like 45 minutes about it. I'm like, how are we going to get through this? Like, you know what? You're, you're, you're tapped out of resources, but your back's against the wall. Like this is a good time for, this is your moment. Like you might not feel it right now, but this is like, this is a critical moment where you can really take things to the next level, which is, you know, when you're in it, it's sometimes hard to understand that. Um, And and I think that like, I will, I, I always am super aware of, of where I came from. You know, I, I, you know, some of the stages that I'm speaking on now with thousands and thousands of people. I'm like, wow. Like I, I, I'm this like kid from Fridley that like all of a sudden found myself in like these like huge auditoriums and, and, and arenas and like, and, and the, you know, I, and with that, I think one thing that, that has really taken, um, has really taken, uh, me to the next level is by sharing like my personal side, um, Mm. which is of more recent, Um, and it wasn't intentional and it wasn't that I wanted to hide anything. It, it was, I, I didn't know when the moment was right. Mm -hmm. I didn't know when the moment was right. And, you know, when they, um, you know, when the starts of being reached out to, to do that article, like I was like, this is a, a perfect opportunity to, to really give more of a detailed version into, um, you know, who I am and what I came from. And, you know, my, my friend, Ryan Nelson, who, who's an, awesome friend and he just did something super exciting today. i was on the phone with him right before i came in i'm super pumped for him Uh, he was in the article quote and he's like people have it backwards like people should be cheering for him not against him right and and, and yeah and and i think and he'd be a really good person to have on your podcast which i don't think he's ever done one before so now now we're gonna have to get him on um but when i when i was talking to him about like this this interview um and, and these things he's like yeah he's like He's like, "Man, you don't know how much of an inspiration you've been to me, like to to put yourself out there and to do that and like." He's like, "I I I'm from a small town, Albert Lee, like watching you really put yourself out there and 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 take all of these shots and and really respond to it is, you know, th- those types of things really are a humbling experience to have those sort of connections. I had a a close friend roommate from college, uh Brian Gunter, uh who's a really good friend of mine, lives in Dallas now." Um, and, and he was in town a couple of weeks ago and we were, we were at a restaurant and we were just chatting, catching up. And he said, man, I don't, I don't know how you handle all of this heat. Like the, the reddits of the world, the Twitters, like all of this stuff. Like he's like, if I had one of those things, I just go beat that guy up. Like I just go beat that person <laughs> up. Like he's like, I couldn't handle it. Like, um, and, and that's the, that's the like, not forgetting where you come from. Like, listen, like I can't, I, I mean, our, like our community didn't have a lot of money. Like our community didn't have a lot of money. Like we were just. We, we, we had, you know I mean? We had fun in the parks and did different things. And like, it it was just, it was so different. But when you, when you never lose track of what that is and where you came from, like that, that will always stay in your back pocket. And I think the mistake that people make as they grow and as their business uh, and they have more success is like they turn into someone that's completely out of hand. Mm -hmm. And in the minute you, you, you turn into that person, you're chasing something that you can never catch, right? Like. I need the new fancy car. I need the new fancy house. I need the jet. I need this. I need that. I need this. And it becomes all these objects and things and money. And it's like, and you just keep needing the next thing. And you think when you get to the next thing, you'll be satisfied, but you're never satisfied. And then you end up in a dark place. And sometimes the business rush of like the excitement goes away and you have these things and you realize that like you were never happy. You were chasing things. And I think that's the problem with so many business owners and leaders that I see is like, they're not truly comfortable with who they are. Right. They really, they really, and you, and you can, you can feel it so quick when you meet someone. I mean, it's just a, if you have a high EQ, you can tell if someone's freaking got fire in their eyes or not. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can tell if they have it or not. And, and you can also tell like with a lot of like business leaders and executives and you, what you also can see is like the ones that are super insecure. The ones that aren't willing to show up on a podcast, the ones that aren't willing to show up on video, the ones that aren't willing to show up uh, with the rest of their team on the, on the sales floor or the ones that are, show up to the, the dinner or the breakfast or the lunch or those things that are on the top floor in the, in the penthouse like with the doors locked where no one can see them or talk to them. I've watched all these companies and all of these things and it destroys people every single time it destroys people when you completely neglect or forget what you did, where you came from, what that looks like. It's the thing that like if you can keep that close to the heart, you will always remember like this is what this is where I came from. These are my people like and and now what's interesting what's starting to happen is like I'm leveraging sort of what I've learned, the mistakes that I've made, all the failures that I've had. I'm leveraging those things and now helping others and my friends around me not make those same mistakes, just like the phone call that I had last night. And, and, right. and that's what, you know, and, and, you know, and, and another thing that like, be, because I have a passion for helping people is exactly why I went and got an education degree because I truly love helping people. I recorded a video this morning at the gym, um, that we're going to post probably tomorrow or something on our real Chris Lindahl handle, Instagram, and I'm going to meet with seven college kids. So I'm going to meet with seven college kids that that have graduation graduation that's approaching. Um, and I'm just going to share what I've learned, uh, and and from the successes, the failures, the mistakes, uh, the critical moments, like all of those things, and 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 try to just help some more kids um, that are that are really that really don't know what the real world looks like. Right? They've had this like great education and and things have been a bit skewed and they're like, all of a sudden there's like this nervousness. They're anxious. They're like, they're trying to find a job, maybe an internship. They're interviewing. They're on LinkedIn. They're on job boards. They're going to career fairs. They're trying to figure it out. Like, what am I going to do when I grow up? Now I am growing up. Like, what does this look like? And I never had anyone to, to, to sit down with me and share that stuff with me. And so I'm just trying to do what I can to, to sit down with some of these college kids to help them. But I wouldn't be in a position to do that if I didn't remember where I came from, because, because time is so valuable, that's critical time for me. But because I remember where I came from, because of, you know, my, my core of, of, of being generous and giving back because of all these things, I want to show up and do that for those kids. And that's the thing that stay that keeps me grounded.
0: Mm. I love that. You're standing on the shoulders of those before you, you're remembering where you came from. It's beautiful. It's awesome. And I know our listeners can take that away. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And we are sitting here um, three years into the podcasting. And for the first time, Declan and I have been able to sit in these chairs and have someone aw- as awesome as producer Ty take care of everything in the back background.
1: How's it going back there, by the way? Well, this is like the longest we've ever gone. gone, And oh, yeah. this is also the second time we've live streamed. So <laughs> I've, I'm sure it's an absolute shit storm over there.
0: Ty has recently been promoted from intern Ty to producer Ty. Oh,
2: congratulations. Yeah, I'm just waiting you. for Ty to say... uh we haven't been recording. <laughs> <laughs> you start all over again.
1: Yes. No, what, what, and what's super authentic about this for those like really listening is like let's just let's just be quiet for a second. We got the fan in the background because the the laptop's working, so this is real authentic, Ty, right here. Don't worry about the audio, Ty. Speak up.
3: Okay. Um <laughs> I think they're going to let me ask a question, is yes. usually what happened. You didn't really lead that in no, very no, well. No, you no, just we'll, kind of introduced me. No, no,
1: no. We, we just want you to talk, dude. How's it okay. going
3: over there? Is it, are, we, are we live? Are we still it? Yeah, we're live. I mean, if I were to be hypercritical, we're, I think we're a little choppy on YouTube, just like dropping frames a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be, you know, Chris, you're the only the second person we've done this with. So minor improvements, mm-hmm. step by step. Small one, one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Uh, Chris, <laughs> I would like to know... <laughs> um. It's nice to meet you, by the way. My name yeah, is Tyler. Right. I been <laughs> yeah, yeah. At all. You've been in
2: a great job over there, by the way. Thank you.
3: Well, <laughs> I've been out of, out of the way. If you haven't noticed I'm here, I've been doing my job. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's You probably get a ton of opportunities, you know, like LinkedIn's kind of a cesspool of stuff like that, even for somebody like us. Like you get automated messages all the time, but even for you, you probably just get a lot of really legitimate people hitting you up all the time. What is your litmus test for taking an opportunity or for not taking something?
2: Ooh. Yeah. Great question. Um, why does the audio sound different? Yeah, now no. it's echoing. It's echoing. Yeah. Um, okay, go. that's better. Yeah, yeah. A so, so, that's a, a really good question. And that's just changed. And I actually mentioned it at the beginning where, you know, we, ha- we have, there's so many different things going on. We have people reaching out to us for speaking opportunities all over the place, podcast appearances, all of these different things, advice, coffees uh, to mortgage professionals, to realtors wanting to join, all these different things, to charities and nonprofits asking to contribute, you know, money and, and Sometimes it's they want me to show up to an event or a gala. There's so many different things going on. And the the litmus test is sort of over for us. And that's why we've created that Q&A group. So, mm. you know, Q&A with Chris Lindahl, which is a Facebook group, so that we still can make an impact to so many. And we'll highlight charities on there and we'll do so many other things. And we've actually got a few other things that we'll be launching in the upcoming weeks that are that are similar in that strategy of how do we really – leverage like all of that communication and turn it into something where we can still make an impact Mm. Um, because we did have you know we had a. I I wrote a, a very like professional denial letter of like hey like i have this commitment to um our company to um the amazing human beings there their families like i can't take on too much i'm only one person i'm sorry i'm gonna have to decline this event i'm gonna have to decline this thing I'll be here cheering you along. If you have a few questions or things like let me know or let someone on the team know I'll do my best to support you and help you any way I can. And that's really, that was the litmus test then is where it would became like, I have to say no to some of these things because when, when you literally live a world of generosity and giving back and doing these things, um, sometimes it can be taken advantage of it. And sometimes people aren't really intentionally trying to take advantage of you. Hmm. They just, because of social media, it feels like we have access to everything and to everyone. Right. And we sometimes don't know that we're making an ask or that we're one of a thousand asks in a day. We, we, we don't know how many people are making that ask. Right. And so we, we had that step of like where we had a, a very professional, uh, very heartfelt denial sort of letter of like, I can't make this commitment right now because I'd be sacrificing everyone in my company and, and everything else that we stand for and do. And I just can't do it. I don't have enough time. And to the point now where, um, because our brand and because things have really went to the next level, um, the way that we do things now is we launched that that Facebook group today, where now we don't even have to deny anyone, right? So, so we went from a point of like, hey, we can't make this commitment, to we actually can accept everyone into the group, and everyone can learn from everything that I'm going to share, and it, and it, and so I think I actually made a mistake by by taking the heartfelt denial letter. Instead of going direct to creating a community, a Facebook group, whatever that may be, I made a mistake by skipping that step, and I, I and and I may have uh, not helped as many people as I could have through like the leverage of video or text, your point or whatever that whatever that community looks like. I mean, with technology, we have so many different options. Um, but you know one thing with Facebook groups is Facebook is investing so much money in groups right now, right? I mean you look at the Super Bowl commercials and oh, yeah. you look at everything when you log into the platform, everything is about groups because it feels exactly like us sitting here. That's what a group feels like. Right? And people are so sick of scrolling on social media, mm-hmm. right? In, in when people scroll today, they don't engage. But when you're in a living room type environment, a lot of engagement, like a lot of engagement, and so that's what Facebook has learned. Like these. Groups are actually the future of that platform. If the Mm -hmm. groups don't work or they don't figure out a way to bring human beings back together and to bring a sense of community back, like the the social media early days, it's over. It's over because no one's engaging anymore. And when they do engage, it's like negativity, and the supporters and the positive don't say anything. So it becomes that, you know, when you look at politics or any hot topic issue, it becomes completely chaotic. We have such a divided country where everyone's fighting and yelling and screaming at each other. Nothing ever gets solved. Like, I mean, any debate, there's no winners or losers Mm -hmm. on anything that happens on social. And so we've created that group to, to really sort of eliminate that litmus test in a way that like everyone that reaches out, we're, we're going to give them the opportunity to join that group. Um, and I'm super excited because I feel like we can help way more people because we're going to get questions and then we're just going to answer them on video and answer them live so that everyone can can get that. And mm-hmm. and I think that's um, that was overlooked before by us. Right. So it was just like, hey, we're getting so many messages and so many things we can't help. We can't respond. We can't help it's everyone. Like overwhelming, it's, yeah. It is overwhelming to now. It's like, well, actually, we can respond to everyone. We just we just have to put everyone in a community together, yeah. and they're going to learn a lot more. And like, like I am a hundred percent certain that that group will be one of the most powerful educational groups of all time on social media.
1: Especially if be- they're willing to follow too. That's right? it, and, and that's like the other aspect of going live. It's like when I see someone that I really really care about live. Like if I actually care about it, I'm going to make the commitment to them, right? And I think that's what you're getting at. Is there's a place for everybody, like even it doesn't matter who's reaching out. It doesn't matter what their inquiry is. Like there's a, that you could have different groups for different kinds of inquiries. And then now, now you're organizing your following and your asks. Like, so I love that you went from a problem that you couldn't, that you looked at and saw as a challenge and couldn't solve to writing the denial, realizing you may have made a mistake and then re-engineering reverse engineering actually. And then accepting the challenge and solving it. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Like Bravo to you. I think that's, something that we like we're not really big enough to to have that problem yet but now hearing that story it's like great now i have an idea of what the right thing might be well and you're do. doing
2: that right now with your podcast right i mean that that is your community and you have all your people right, together right. that are that are doing that and that and that's one way to do it uh, obviously but when you if you if i look back throughout my career and throughout my life that's been one consistent thing is like adjusting and adapting and never mm-hmm. thinking i have it figured out and constantly calling audibles like, "Oh, that didn't work, let's change this and and I and we move quick, really fast, things break you know we we just ship things, we do things that are not all the way done um, and we learn from market feedback and we get better and we grow um, and that's and that's really how you get to greatness, like most people overthink things to the point where they never take action they're stuck in neutral, mm-hmm. right they literally never do anything. Mm-hmm. And so for us, like when, when, you know, like two weeks ago when I, when I came up with this Q and A idea, I was like, gosh, you know, I was, I was watching the Super Bowl. I saw the Facebook group, uh, commercial and I'm like thinking through like if they're investing millions and millions of dollars in this, like they're a lot smarter than I am. They've realized that like human beings want to be in that environment. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't I take all of the people that we're connected to and put them in a community where we can help so many more people. And it's not just leadership. It's not just marketing. It's not just business. Like there's so many things that we've learned about life that, you know, I shared a few examples of the two privilege stories. I mean, those don't have any direct correlation to business or marketing or any of those things that when you run a company of our size, I, you know, we are in contact with so many different clients and supporters and and you know nonprofits and charities and things i've learned on the podcast there's all these different things in this knowledge base that i need to do a better job of giving back to the community that supports us um that i cut a little bit short with a litmus test of a de- denial letter mm. i like it man it's and like i had mentioned before it was, it's an all all
1: a challenge and this is one thing that we use on our podcast to to grow and continue to grow and that is the challenge question. So I know you mentioned Ryan Nelson. Is that what his name was earlier? Yeah, yeah, yep. um, who, th- who would you challenge us to have on the podcast that's someone in your network that we should have on?
2: Who would I challenge you to have on the podcast? Um, what are you looking for?
0: I would like to have someone on that you believe has an awesome story. They're passionate about what they do and they, and they want to share that and, and help impact other people. And that could be your best friend. That could be your neighbor. That could be someone that you think we would never have a chance of having on our show
2: yeah uh do ryan
0: okay he's ryan never knows.
2: been on a podcast before like it, it's uh i kind of i kind of hurt myself in the negotiation i should have said i was going to give you the billboard after you got ryan on <laughs> 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 now we'll i've already committed the, i've okay. already committed to the prize <laughs> <laughs> perfect yes <laughs> maybe that's the second billboard <laughs> we'll call it another maybe, design maybe yeah. maybe whatever you want yeah. We'll make it happen. But awesome.
1: Yeah. Ryan challenge accepted. Ryan Nelson. Yeah. Um, what's so what's the background on him
2: again? It's, Just remember uh, that. So he um, he owns an art business. He's an artist management. Uh, he also has a construction company, um, Snap Construction and Cool. Modern Artifact is his sort of art side of things and dang. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah, pressure's on for him. <laughs> Let's go.
0: Awesome. Well, that wraps us up to our final question. What did you learn today from the moment that you woke up to when we're having this conversation?
2: Yeah, it it you you don't realize how big of an impact you are having in this world. Um and your following could be small and your following could be huge. Um I shared the story of the former, you know, assistant football coach that I ran into this morning at the gym uh, and he told me so much about how he was proud of me, our company, everyone that's involved in it. Um and he's been watching and cheering us along. He also told uh me that he just bought a duplex. Um, from two of our top commercial uh, agents, uh, Daniel and Kurt, um, which I didn't know, he didn't reach out to me, and so he he just said, "Man, I'm I'm so I'm so excited for everything that you guys have going on, and I'm just cheering you along." He's like, "I just you know, a, a couple of years ago, I went to the John Maxwell leadership training, and everything you're doing is so great." Um, and you know, and there's there's just so many examples of that throughout life, and this is back to earlier when I said. Sometimes in that moment, when your brain says to do something, you just have to act and do it. Um, and I think one thing that I would leave everyone with is, is when you're in that moment, share that story, because I was walking by in a bit of a hurry. And if he went to said my name, none of that would happen today. Mm -hmm. And, and the last part of that, him saying my name is that then became, I want to come speak at the school. I want to bring someone else from my company with to speak at the school. I want to make, make an impact for those kids that, that need a bright light, that, that need some positivity, that need some inspiration. If he want to said that in that moment, none of that would happen. That's awesome. Damn.
1: That's, I, that's so full circle, man. Because you are just talking about like, oh, I wish I could hold that door a little longer. I wish yeah. I could say that one thing. And what you learned today is someone taking that action and it impacted you today. Of course. Freaking amazing, man. Thank you so much yeah, for coming yeah. on. This awesome. has been an, an incredible, what, two hours, Ty? Yeah, two hours, man. This I thought we were awesome. just getting warmed up. <laughs> yeah. I love when you came <laughs> well, when you came in here. You were like, so how, long, how many hours are we going for today, boys? And I was like, you know, I mean, in the back of my head, I'm like, well, usually I'm record for like an hour. But once you said that, I was like, I really hope he's serious,
2: and I'm glad you were. <laughs> so this is awesome, man. You Thank guys you did so an much. amazing job. I mean, everyone that follows you is so lucky to have you two leading the way because, uh, Thanks. I mean, I've I've had a lot of interviews over the time, and you guys did a really good job. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. you now